And now it's time to bait our hooks, cast our nets, drop our poles in the water, and fish for some jokes with Down on the Dock. Episode 5-1 of Down on the Docks. Uh, my name's Chris Neff, and I'm joined as always by my good friend, producing partner, Dave Sarah. How you doing, buddy? Hello. You ready to have some fun today? Oh, uh, yeah. This is going to be a good one. I'm already one. having fun. I know, and, it, and it's <laughs> drug-free fun, which is different Just, for you. Yeah, drug-free. Drug-free because drug you ran out of dope. Yeah, I ran out. I could get dope at any point, but today feels <laughs> like a beer day. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I know those mornings. <laughs> I know those mornings. I woke up. Well, not in the morning. Woke up I this morning. I got myself a gun. Uh, oh. Different song. Oh. Yeah, that's called The Doors. You're doing the Soprano song. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, no. Sopranos is, woke up this morning, got, got some my- gabagoo. <laughs> then I woke up the next day and got some gabagoo. Keep waking up, keep getting some more gabagoo. Then I woke up again and got some more gabagool. Can't right. wait for uh, the special <laughs> CD release of all of our songs yeah. from Down on the Docks. People still listen to CDs, by the way? Uh, 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 Dave, let's jump into it before we do. Uh, cock t- disposal. T- <laughs> cock disposal? CD. Oh. Before we uh, jump in, tell us uh, how our listeners can get in touch with us if they'd like to. Yes, the best way to get in touch with us is probably finding our social medias. Down in the Docs on Twitter, downinthedocs at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Down in the Docs pod if you find us on Instagram and probably on threads soon. Yes. Uh, But the best thing to do is honestly just leave us a five-star review. We appreciate those reviews. Apple, we got one from Valish recently, which says, I can't believe how bad Dave Sarah is. Five stars. Yeah, and I already read it two weeks ago, and you forgot. Not Valish. Yep. Maybe. Okay. Um, So I'm reading it now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And before we get started, please, if you don't mind, tell us who this week's episode is sponsored by. This week's episode of Down in the Docks is brought to you by Broccoli Farms, established in 2016 San Diego. By the way, Broccoli Farms 619 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. San Diego, California by Candace entrepreneur Anthony Bird, our friend Anthony. Nice guy. Never met him. Great guy. Never met him. Broccoli Farms is a modern take on cannabis brands around the world. By combining new terminology involving cannabis worldwide, Anthony created a cannabis brand that uniquely represents the entire cannabis industry as one. Broccoli Farms. How many times did I say cannabis in that sentence? Three, four, maybe four, five. Four. I think four times. You know what? That's also my fault. The lowest delivery minimum in San Diego, bar none. All right, Dave. I think Sticky strips. I think if you know me as well as you do, you know I like the action. <laughs> would, would yeah, that you be... fucking, you call Seven Deuce offsuit against against you yeah yeah because (laughs) i you know why dave (laughs) was because i don't play the cards i play the (laughs) The player yeah the player um i'm a terrible card player uh we know we'll get into that this week's episode is uh gambling related is it really it is Ah. you're gonna learn a lot am i yeah i think all our listeners are what are we talking about what kind of gambling are we talking the title of this week's uh documentary is called inside the edge 
a professional blackjack adventure. Ooh. Uh, directed by Chris Buddy and released in 2019. Hmm. So, um, I'm we, sure counting cards is not part of this documentary. <laughs> so we see the titles come up. It says there is a secretive subculture within the gambling world Ooh, that boy. utilizes legal techniques mm -hmm. to beat casinos professionally. The members of this group are known to casinos. <laughs> it sounds is, like the A-team, right? Like, yeah. The no, but there's something else. The members of this group have been asked to be anonymous. Yeah, it's the A-team. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? Okay. They're known... Dun, 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 they're known dun, casinos. Dun, 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 dun. What do you think they're called? These people. The fuck team. <laughs> no, they're yeah. called advantage players. Oh, the A-team. <laughs> the AP. <laughs> the A-players. Advantage players. I mean, it's close enough there. Infiltrate casinos every day and have won hundreds of millions of dollars. Infiltration. These individuals featured in this film are elite members of this secret community. <laughs> this is so gay that they yeah. did this like this. I know, right at the top. <laughs> it's like a fucking, like a, it's like they're doing a thing on the Masons or something. Well, like we were taught, we talked to six Masons. Seven of them were killed after this meeting. Now, here's the deal. Normally, I jump right in. Right. But I think it's important that I kind of give our listeners and you uh, an overview of what advantage players uh, are. Uh, let's hear it. Okay. A lot of people haven't heard the term. Right. So advantage gambling or advantage play refers to legal methods used to gain an advantage while gambling. Now, not to be confused with cheating. Okay. Cheating's illegal. Right. Yeah. You okay? can't cheat. Right. No cheating. Now, the term usually refers to what are known as house-banked casino games. Right. So like you're not the, the corporation. The you're playing against the, the house. So, example, like table games. Right. You know, Let yes. It Ride, yeah. Blackjack, yeah. Pie Gal, yeah. uh, down in the Mississippi River, whatever. Three-card poker, yeah, those kind of Let It Ride, it's all kind of that kind of shit. Typically not referred to against poker players. It's not P2P. P2P, player to player. Player to player. Got it's it. not P2P. Okay, so advantage play exploits innate characteristics of a particular game to give the player an advantage an advantage relative to the house, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. So, again, it's not illegal, but it's often discouraged. And right. some APs... <laughs> discouraged by opening, your head, opening the door with your head. <laughs> some... <laughs> oh, man, look what they did to my hand! <laughs> you stupid motherfucker, you... You told him to go fuck himself. You remember that scene in um, Casino? Sure. Where the guy, uh, De Niro goes, all right, you get two choices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can give you him money. Get, yeah. Or but you, you got to get the you, hammer. Yeah. I'll just just give you the money back. Yeah, 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 and then yeah. he still gives him the, the, the hammer. hammer anyway. The yeah, best. you got to take the money. It's the you best. wouldn't have gotten the money if you said money. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably wouldn't. You don't. You still just get the hammer, regardless. Yeah, but you know, in the movie, he didn't get no. The no money. He, he didn't get the money. No, no, yeah. no. But I'm just saying. All right. Even if you choose money. All right. So let's get back to it. So knowledgeable and skillful players, uh, they've been beating games in casinos for years. Sure. Back in the day, they were called card sharps. Mm -hmm. Now here's the well, thing. Well, that's why that's. I always thought when they talk about the when they talk about betting uh, odds with sports uh -huh. gambling. I always used to think it was the the regulars versus the sharks. No, it's the sharks. What is this West Side Story? I was the <laughs> Maria, I lost it all. 
<laughs> when you're a jet, you're the jet all the way. From yeah. your first dying breath till your last whatever. Yeah, and that's what happens when you no, bet on the jets. You become a fucking loser. We're gonna get to the jets in a second. Oh shit. Now, no, but yes, yeah. It's the it's sharps. sharps. The it's sharps. Not shark. Now sharks, on the other hand, sharks are different. It's they a, hang out at poker. Poker games, sure, but that I feel like that was just on the fishes. Right, okay, that I feel still feel like that is misconstrued by dumb poker players calling themselves sharks when really they meant sharps. No, no, no you're a hundred percent wrong. Okay, hundred percent right. wrong. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so anyway, advantage play also extends to slot machines, which was yeah. news to Ooh, me. Interesting lotteries. Uh, by the way, there is a uh, a documentary I'm trying to track down. It's about this these old people. They were like in their sixties that figured out how to crack the lottery, like huh. on certain like pick fives. Not my pops. So they were <laughs> they were buying thousands and thousands. Yeah, yeah there's of, a number. Yeah, just to get just to get a little. That's probably, edge. That's probably when they added the mega millions number. No, the mega no, millions no. Be, it was like you pick four, pick five. You know, they were just like trying to score ten thousand dollars. No, no, I know. I'm, I'm, okay, but right. anyway, yeah. well, I think it was in Michigan sure. where they fucked it up. Yeah, and yeah. nobody at the lottery office ran the math. Right. And they put out this one lottery and this yeah. guy was able to do it. Nice. Guys, if you're listening and you know what it is, let me know because I'm trying to remember Track it down, that baby. story. Now, progressive jackpots, um, they can also be manipulated as well by playing the long term, um, according to, je- uh, to gambling mathematics. And then do you know what bonus hunting is? Well, well, I can, ima- I can oh, imagine. Not really, I, I can imagine what it means is like you look for the t- the machines with the highest bonus. There's a gr- It's not just that. There's a great movie by Paul Thomas Anderson. It was one of his first films called Hard Eight. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, well, maybe six and a jo- half. John C. Riley's in it, and he basically John C. Riley, great actor. Oh, amazing! This uh, Philip Baker Hall's in it, and it's kind of a, a sleeper. A lot great of great range. A lot of people don't know about this movie. Sam Jackson's in it. Okay. Gwyneth Paltrow's in it. But in the first scene, uh, first couple scenes, Philip Baker Hall takes um, John C. Riley under his wing and teaches him how to work the bonus system. Nice. And he basically says, "Go buy two hundred dollars of chips and just go sit and play like once or twice, and then walk around, and then come back in." like five hours later and clock out and you'll get you get rated by oh. your play oh so you get bonuses that type of bonus okay i thought you meant and he's like here kid follow me i'll get you a okay. hot room and yeah, a bed to sleep in tonight that's yeah that's more of like the casino doing their bonus bullshit probably yeah 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 well the other thing is and i'll never forget this uh do you know what scambling is no man i you just have memories sometimes that stick okay, out okay hold brain on i know forever. one thing i know yeah. one thing that might be considered What's as scambling, scambling. Which is, if you're given house chips, there's a way to redeem regular money with those house chips in roulette, which is you kind of bet against yourself. Oh, you mean if they give you roulette chips? Well, they give you, sometimes they'll give you house chips that can yeah. only be played, and then you, yeah. you only. They're colored usually in roulette. Well, whatever. Like here, oh, C1's going to get. You can't use the word. <laughs> C1's going to get green. C2's going to well, get Whatever pink. it is. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, so you're not able to just like go and go to the cashier and. And, and exchanges for money. Right. But if you play them in a certain way on the roulette table, meaning you bet against yourself in an even way or uh-huh. in a way where you only lose a small amount of money, that, that's how you turn play chips into... You right. lost me and okay. the listeners, but right. that's okay. Next. So, <laughs> scambling. I'll yes. never forget this. Sure. I had this shitty job working tree service one year. Okay. I was like in my, you know, late teens. And... Um, 
homeless guy was working with us. Okay. Um, and he was like missing four teeth. And uh, I'm like, it's pretty so what, good for. I'm like, what do you do when you're not doing tree service? And he's like, I'm a scambler. Okay, this is like meth. And I'm like, what is scambling? And he goes, oh, scambling is basically when you just walk around the casino and you wait for an idiot to forget to cash out. Oh, yeah. Scambling. Never I won a, literally won $100 doing that last time I was in Vegas. <sighs> Dude, I did it to myself at Los Alamitos track last six months. Yeah. You put the ticket in, you yeah. make your bets, yeah. and then it pops your tickets out. Yeah. But if you don't pop out your voucher, uh -huh. I lost like yeah. 150 yeah, yeah, bucks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I walk around and look at the fucking video every single time I walk around. And then one time I, I pegged mean, you for a scambler. The last one, last time I saw a hundred bucks. Boom. Yeah. Check it out. Get so just so you know, guys, if you're the track, scamble away. Same thing. If you're not a gambler, just walk around. Yeah. See if anybody left their credits in the machine. Walk up and down every single <clears> casino. Okay. Uh, AP also would uh, advantage play also exists in the world of sports and horse betting. Um, so for an example, um, Let's just, do you know what middling is? <laughs> I sure don't. I wish I was a middler. I'm actually just the opener. Okay. Let me give you a middling example. Okay. Let's say a bookmaker has the Jets. I told you we get back to the that Jets. That was a stand-up comedy joke. I, uh, like I said, I miss most of the jokes okay. until I listen to the show. Middler on the roof. Uh, <laughs> let's say the Jets are minus four, right? Uh, for all intents and purposes, they're playing the Bills. Yeah. The, the Jets are never minus four ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bookmaker B has the Jets as a two-point favorite. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's okay. a big, yeah. So the big advantage gap. player, he's yeah. going to bet on the Bills at plus four with book A, right. and then the Jets minus two with book B. Right. So if the Jets win by three, he gets both bets. Right. It's called middling. Dave. Yes. Yes. If the Jets win by either two or four, he collects the first bet and then pushes the second, second bet. Yeah. So you understand the and concept. There's a rule where he loses one, lose, wins the other. And I just goes. explained it. You yeah, don't have yeah. to keep talking. Sure. You get so, the point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get the point. So then you have um, match betting. Um, like once in a while, like I play at all the LA casinos playing cards. They'll yep. send me something in the mail. And I never play table games because it's sucker shit. Yep. Uh, but they'll be like, hey, here's a free $25 match bet at, you know, Blackjack. Right. So you put your $25 down. Yes. And if you win, they match it and give you 50. Right. And that's the only but you time. you only get 50 back. You don't get 50 plus 25. You do get your 25 back. It's a match bet. But then you only get to play that match. Like Just you don't one time. Okay. Just you get that one free play. So okay. once in a while, I'll do that. Okay. Um, and now, you know, there's so much arbitrage in sports betting with like predicted, you know, places where you can be like, yeah, I'm voting on, you know, uh, the president of the United States. Exactly. And they change. So a lot of people are doing that stuff. So there's advantage. God Emperor Don, Donald Trump. What's up? God Emperor Donald Trump. God Emperor? God Emperor. God Emperor. Donald Trump. Um, and then, of course, you have table games, specifically Blackjack, which can be beaten with card counting. Sure. Um, and yeah. some other techniques, yeah. which we are going to get in later. I don't want to blow my load. Now, I, during my research for this, mm -hmm. I found out that video poker... You mean like at Hustler Casino? Yeah. Just like go <laughs> that's work brother <laughs> yeah okay uh this is work too this is work too. research so um i found out video poker could be beaten and i'm like this is interesting bullshit. i need I go, to know now i go this is garbage i love video poker because you can get to sit at the bars 
Yep. <laughs> Play video poker for free and get free drinks. Well, you you know you can not do for that. free. You but know you can do that at the blackjack or the craps table. They're gonna come over and give you free booze there too. It's a lot better when you're sitting at the bar because the bartender's literally oh, right, right there. there. Yeah. yeah. If you want to drink. Yeah. Okay. So there's a game called Full Pay Deuces Wild. Yep. 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 Okay. So apparently that game can be beaten uh, with computer analysis, and the analysis is actually sold in the gift shop at the casinos. Wow. So, so that means that they're still probably just using it because they can't really change it. Well, here's maybe? what I ended up finding out. Hmm. If you play the game optimally, you can win eight bucks an hour. Okay, that's that's but that's lame, first of all. But hold on. Second of all, the that's, reason that's, is that's like an actual statistical correct. advantage. And it's only eight bucks an hour if you play perfectly. Perfect. But you can't make more than eight dollars an hour because they only let you put in, let's say, a dollar twenty five per round. So nobody really gives a shit about yeah, making $8 an hour. Exactly. And perfectly. And yeah. And you're not going to play the game perfectly yeah. anyway, because you're yeah. going to get frustrated. Yeah. And just going to be like, bet it all. Um, so the other thing is interesting though. Yeah. The other thing is some video poker games uh, with that progressive or Royal flush, um, they offer in excess of a hundred percent payback when the jackpot uh, exceeds a certain level. So teams organize and mm. occupy banks of machines when they know it's getting high mm. and they play until the jackpot's won. Interesting. Yep. So That's fun. That's fun. I had no idea. Um, and then, of course, you know, advantage play, it can extend in, into the poker world. Um, but I would call it, it's not the same thing. You know, you need to know pod odds, implied odds. Yeah, it's a you whole know. other game. Yeah, so that's just more You're skill. You're playing against another competitor. Yeah. But... There are other games that Advantage Play extends to, like craps. Now, there's a lot of people... Love craps. I do, too. My favorites. I think I once played for 18 hours straight without sitting down, doing a lot of coke. It's a lot. I, I rolled 38 times in a row the last time I was well, in that's Vegas. A, that's like over an hour. And I was definitely still also on coke. Okay. Well, there was a documentary many years ago on the History Channel. It was a series, and I've tried to track it down. Some episodes are on YouTube, but if you are enjoying this so far, look up uh, Breaking Vegas, and yes. you'll find a lot of those episodes. But there was one on dice control by a guy named Dom the Dominator. You can't control the dice. Well, a lot of people don't think you can because Gage. you have to toss the dice. Yeah. And a Nobody roll, tosses the dice. A roll doesn't count unless it hits the back wall, which we know have angled foam. Yep. Pads, they have like the or rubber. They have like angles. They have yeah, the yeah. pins. But Dom the Dominator swore it was possible. Now I remember seeing this, and one of my buddies lived in like Escondido, uh, or no, it was Encinitas. And I went down there one day, and he built up a full craps table yeah, in his back did. room. Yeah, he and he did. was training to become a professional dice player. Yeah. Now there have been many people, such as authors by the name of Stanford Wong and uh, Frank Scobolet that have stated you can manipulate dice, but there's a lot of people out there that don't have hard peer-reviewed information to agree with them. Well, yeah, I mean, it needs to be perfect. Uh, I mean, I I set my die when I throw craps. I set I always set them, too. Snake eyes, and I try... My, 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 my goal is to let it bounce one time only before it hits the wall. Yeah. So I try to do a nice lob. Same here. But really, I'm actually trying for it to hit off the wall onto the floor first. I'm 
I'm trying to not hit the floor, really. I'm trying to get right to the edge. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay. Well, do you know what pachinko is? Yes. Like in... Uh, is that Planko? That's Planko I'm thinking of. You're thinking of Plinko from Plinko. The Price is Right. Yes. Yeah. Now, this is Pachinko. <laughs> I don't know if Pachinko It's is a it. Japanese game. <laughs> Sounds like a pejorative <laughs> for an Indian person. Okay. I see where you're going. Uh, <laughs> you fucking Pachinko Indian. So there are numerous strategies purported for winning in this game, most uh, reliable of which is to use inside information to learn which machines have the highest payout settings. Because of the, quote, stock... Uh, Renchan and Tenyo systems, it's possible to make money by simply playing machines on which someone has just lost a huge amount of money. So it's called being a hyena. Yeah, you're hanging around. <laughs> Vultures. <Yeah>. Vultures. <laughs> uh, I know them. I know them well. Uh, you know what angle shooting is? In pool? Just in anything. No, it's basically no. doing unethical shit to try and gain an advantage. So there's a classic. I had no idea that was angle shooting. Though. Yeah, there's. It happens a lot in poker. Like you'll be in a game with somebody, and they'll hide their high denomination chips in uh, the back of their stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then somebody's like, "Oh, I didn't know you had all that much money." Yeah, you know. Um, so that's a, a really not, common not illegal. One. Not illegal. It's frowned upon now. You know, a lot of people. I mean, that's they'll take you, you out ask. back and shoot you. You gotta ask how much you got behind. You gotta ask. Um, yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah. Um, there's also a big. This was from Breaking as Vegas as well. Uh, do you know what biased rule uh, roulette players do? No. This is fascinating to me. So biased roulette players, they will watch a roulette wheel. Yeah. Spin, and record the numbers. For days. Wow. Days upon days. Yeah. And what they notice is that a certain quadrant yeah. is getting more numbers than the rest. And he's just slightly tilted. Correct. Slightly tilted. Just enough to get an edge. That shit gets fucking changed every three, six, four months or something. Well, the good ones, they'll notice imperfections on the yep, wheel yep, and yep, they'll follow yep. that wheel mm -hmm. around the entire casino. Oh, there was a very God. famous Spanish family that did this. And they realized, because I think roulette has an 8% house advantage. It's one of the highest against the player. It's a okay. sucker's game, okay. just in case you're I love it. playing roulette, but of course it is, you do. it's a sucker's game. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, I play, you know, I have... 8% a, a, you know, advantage is massive. Craps is my game. Craps is a great game um, with an extremely low house edge. Yeah. Now, Especially the one bet, which is the behind... The pass the, line. Behind the pass line yeah. is the best bet Correct. In, in Vegas. Correct. Now... The other thing... Once you've hit an eight or a six. Okay. Once... Uh, uh, you already just made me fry my brain. Sorry. Who, what was I talking about? The <laughs> the roulette? Yes. Pass line? <laughs> There's no, no, no pass the, line no, no, roulette. What's the, the roulette thing? Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Yeah. The Spanish family. Spanish family. So they figured out they had an edge. But the way they got busted was they wouldn't tip. Okay. So they didn't want their tips coming into their profit. Interesting. So that's how they got heat on them. And they finally got busted. Wow. So meanwhile, this... But like when you say busted, like how busted can you really get from what they were doing? If you're winning, the amounts of money. Yeah. 
and the casino can't figure it yeah, out, yeah. they have the right to say, "Go no, fuck, no, of, of go course. fuck yourself." But that, that's just one casino. Like, yeah, like I, you're right. But then they're following the imperfection around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay so hold okay, on. Okay, okay. The, the whole point is this: this guy, I remember it, is Spanish guy, Spanish guy, and he had his kids and his nephews, and they were all part of his team. Oh yeah, that's dirty. That's scummy. And he was like, "Here's the thing: we're going to do this, but you can't tip." And the team are like, you're making us look like fucking scumbags. Let us tip a little bit. Yeah, and he's like, to. absolutely not. You no tip at all. That comes out of fucking our profit. Fucking Europeans. So anyway, that's how they got wow. heat on him. So that's kind of an overview of what advantage play is in various games. Now, for this episode, we're going to keep it to blackjack. Okay? So we begin and we meet uh, a man by the name of Arnold Snyder. Now, do you know who Arnold please tell Snyder me how, is? Please tell me how you spell Snyder. Uh, with a Y. Snyder. It's just Snyder. Snyder. S-N-Y-D-E-R. Why does it matter? There's just so many ways to spell Schneider. Snyder. Schneider. So yeah. many ways. But there isn't because if there it was is. Schneider, I would have said Schneider. No, but and that, what I said even, is Snyder. That is still Schneider. It S- is not it is. Schneider. It is. No. It is. It's all Schneider. Well, Arnold is a legend of the game and editor of Blackjack Forum. And we meet him at the top of this film. And he says, I would guess that if you walked into a crowded casino, maybe 10% or those customers think they're advantage players. But of those 10%, fewer than 1% actually have any hope of actually making any money. Sure. And like what he, what he means by making money. Correct. On a consistent. Correct. We're going to do this for sure basis. Correct. So another man says, you know, casinos don't like it when they get people in there with the that have the expectation of walking out the door with more money than they came in. Now, it's also time to meet an advantage player by the name of James Grossgene. That is pretty crazy, though, to think of like a person like the expectation of leaving like I never, and and that's that's a that's, very good point. That's ingrained into us by television and media and everything too. It's like never expect to leave Vegas with money. Correct, you should. That's something that they unless have you're ingra- a poker player. I'm just saying that's what they have ingrained in there. So yeah. go on. Okay, so next we meet James Grossjean, and okay. he says, "Any card counter that uh, knows that he is coming quickly." If you're counting cards, it's that casinos look for first. Well, we hmm. also meet uh, a man by the name of Nelson Rose who wrote a book called Gambling in the Law. And he says, the casinos feel emotionally toward card counters. They, I just want to make sure that that guy had a uh, an obscured voice, right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for doing that. No problem. We protect everybody around here. <laughs> Even when we relay them. You, you sounded really like a lot like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I get okay, it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So Nelson says the casinos feel emotionally toward card counters the way they feel towards cheats. So they hate you. Well, yeah. first of all, we see. I mean, even if you're not cheating or or card counting, they fucking hate you anyway. <laughs> Pretty, much. Dude. Pretty much. You're smoking. You're being stupid. I mean, come on. Well, we see a casino manager go up to a guy in um, a casino, and he says, "Sir, we really don't want your action here anymore. And if you're smart, <laughs> if you're smart, you won't show your fucking face here again." All right, John, color him up. Open the door with his head. So, for those of you who don't know, coloring up that means yeah. yeah. Get your chips and get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of here. Yep. So that means if you got a lot of whites, make them blues. So uh, title card up inside the edge. A professional. Well, I guess if you got a lot of blues, make them whites. Correct. But it also means get the fuck out of here. 
Uh, title cards up inside the edge, a professional blackjack adventure. So we're going to meet another gentleman who's kind of a legend of the game. His name's Max Rubin, uh, member of the BJ hall of fame. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. No blackjack no. hall of fame. Never heard of it. Oh, blackjack hall of fame. Yeah. Located in Barona of all places. Mm, was he in the movie 21? <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going <laughs> to talk about that in part two. Cool. 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 Okay. It's a good movie. It's yeah. Good movie. It's not a bad based on a true story. Yeah. But I, I've got I've got info on that partially based on a true story. He fucked all the kids, didn't he? <laughs> Spacey, Spacey. Yeah, he, he fucked all. By of the way, he fucked all. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I have a rule. Yeah, and I'm pretty I'm pretty sticklish about it. Don't fuck the teacher. Well, you don't fuck kids. Yeah. And after you made a movie, and I know you fuck kids. <laughs> I know, right? Never watching your shit again. Yeah, yeah. I don't. love I love Woody Allen. I love space. Not watching his shit anymore. Woody Allen, yeah. Loved well, Spacey. Woody Allen had a... Fuck kid. He fucked a kid. She's underage. The kid consented. <laughs> okay. okay I'm so here's the thing. But I'm like Spacey, Spacey, I'm not watching your shit, Pe man. Piece of Spacey. But seriously, here's the other thing. I'm probably a little bit more personal because I've been in the room with Spacey. Yeah, he looks creepy. And I've seen him Creeps creep on people before. Creeps, McGee. I mean, in my early years when I was doing You're that... You're too tall for him. Dude, trust me, it ain't going to happen. But I remember doing some cater waitering jobs at some high profile events and he'd just be in the corner, cock waitering, smoking and just yeah, you could like, and creeping on and dudes. Ogling. Dude, this was like in the early 2000s. Uh, yeah, right when the, hey, the right when the plastic bag hey, movie came out. Time's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. I still actor. This fuck him. This yeah. doesn't just extend to uh, it all. It extends to all artists. Yeah, anyone and who I, fucks a kid. And I'm sorry, you're dead. Michael dude. Jackson fuck kids. And if you don't think yeah. that he didn't fuck kids, yeah, you're yeah. a fucking moron. Yeah. And every once in a while, yeah. I'll bring this con content I'm all up. For it. Fucking kids are hating Michael Jackson for fucking kids. All of the above. Okay. And every once in a while, something will come out about Michael Jackson, and yeah. you'll have to remember. <laughs> the there was a five, but there was a five-year moratorium when Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was okay. When Netflix. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, when Michael Jackson was like, everybody knows he fucked kids. Like when that Oprah doc came out, and it was Wade, okay. No, no, no. What okay. I'm saying is, yeah. you didn't hear the music. Yeah, and I remember okay. very specifically uh, about four or five years later, yeah. there was a Toyota commercial yeah, and music, and I was like. So we gave him four and a half years, but there's so much money behind this. We got to fucking sell cars. Yeah. Fuck you. You fuck kids. It's over. <laughs> That's me, man. It's true, man. But here's the thing. If you try and argue this on the internet, you're a QAnon uh, conspiracy theorist. No. If you try and argue this on the internet, yeah. you're never going to win. Yeah. Because, because somebody will come out and be right. like, well, you didn't read this document and you didn't read this <laughs> and it's never been proven in court. No, 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 and you're, yeah, yeah you're a racist. racist. Sorry. On. You fuck kids. Yeah. Deal with it. Move on. Yeah. Okay. Now, back to Max. Great Rubin. music, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. So, back to Max Rubin. He says, for the past four decades, blackjack players have been saying, oh, the game's over. It's the end of times. We're not going to get to play anymore because a new technology comes along. Well, Richard Munchkin, we mean him as well. He's author of Gambling Wizards. Um, now, they, well, they just keep adding more decks. No, 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 that's what you would think. Well, how long have they? Okay, let me just real very yeah. quickly. Yeah, of course. There's inside baseball. Yeah. When I started gambling, uh -huh. we I rem distinctly remember. Yeah. M the most you could find was a six 
deck shoot. Yes. In the okay, year 2000. Time out. Year 2005. Not a shoot. Not a shoe. Okay, I'm sorry. Not a, a shoe. Oh, really? Yes, it's a shoe. Not a shoot. It's That's a right, shoe. It looks like a shoe. Correct. It looks like a fucking in, shoe. You put the thing in. Oh, uh-huh. fuck. All right. Everybody's learning today. All right. Six, it was a six card shoe. Not a car. Card. 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 Six, six deck. All right. Six. Okay. Fuck. All right. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, why do you only sh- have six cards in your shoe? Six deck shoe. <laughs> we like to do things really slow around okay, here. Okay. By the way, you're not going to need to draw more than once, right? I only got six cards so look, in the shoot. Six deck shoe. Yes. When I, this is 2005. Correct. Now there's uh-huh. all eight card shoes. It's not cards. Excuse it's me. decks. Eight, eight, yeah, eight deck shoe. Okay. Now, now but here's the misconception. Mm-hmm. You'd think that would be a problem. No, no, no that, not that it would be a problem. Yeah. But that like they they realize, all right, people are starting to, you know, pe- not that pe- they didn't know people were always counting cards. Yeah. But that like. The technology was like, all right, if we go to, if we have three cards in our, let's say, let's just start with a one, one card shoe, one deck, one, fuck, one deck shoe. People are able to hit their thing with the thumb and the, the, the thing, the vibration sense in the next guy. Like that's the OG version, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little tap, 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 yeah, yeah. tap, the Morse code kind of a thing. Yeah. All right. So that's but hold OG. on. That's not advantage play. That's no, no, cheating. That's, che- that's cheating. That's cheating. But, yeah. but I'm just saying, and, and then they're like, all right, we know not only need to get ahead of the card counters we have to also have to get ahead of the cheaters too uh-huh. so let's go to more decks in Correct. the shoe and then so that's why i'm saying like they're becoming smarter and i remember in like 2005 you wouldn't see an eight deck shoe you'd see only a six six, six deck now yeah. you see now eight decks is common everywhere okay now here's what you need to understand yes you could still count on six to eight deck shoes i i, I understand okay. that i understand but it becomes much different much more difficult. And not as difficult as you think um so richard munchkin he says you know when i started playing 78 from that moment and every year since then i've had people tell me blackjack's dead you can't make money anymore well we also meet a very famous member of the MIT Blackjack group oh, yeah. uh, named John Chang. And he said, you know, when we went and made $10 million or whatever it was, and Casey started his career, so it all depends on how you look at it. So we're going to meet the star of this documentary. It's a man named Casey. Okay? Mid-30s, very good-looking guy. Um, and... We see him is our first introduction of him. He's probably got a million cash on him and he's just stacking it in towers and putting it into a duffel bag. Yeah. And he says, by the way, inside of a duffel bag, a million dollars, it's not that much money. No, but it's still a million cash, which you'll never see. No. All right, dude. Hey, come on, bro. What the fuck was that all about? Yeah. I mean, that's a what aboutism. Maybe maybe if you went to the horseshoe and saw that display they have. All right. All right. So, Casey says most people realize the game of blackjack is vulnerable (laughs) and can be beaten. Sure. Uh, But very few people take the time to master the necessary skills and more importantly, know how to manage their bankroll. When I started playing, I always had a subscription to Arnold Snyder's Blackjack Forum. I read every issue cover to cover. I loved it. Realizing there were people out there beating casinos for a living, I was attracted to it. I'd read books, websites, forums. I had software I'd practice on. And I was playing very low limit when I started um, and learning how to play, learning techniques. And I slowly built up my bankroll. I learned a lot of hard lessons. I went broke a few times. But 
it's how I became a professional. There was a definitive point where I went from playing under the radar in lower stakes rec games without giving my ID to the point where I decided I would set up credit lines and play high stakes. It took me years and years to get to that point. Yeah. Where On top of that, you need the confidence. It's not just the knowledge and the know-how. Continue. And we'll you, need, get- you need massive amounts of patience. Well, you have patience and a bankroll. Right. I mean, come on. So he basically built up his bankroll to play at nosebleed stakes. Because like a lot of these guys, what you know, what you realize is that like at some point, when even though they're doing this thing with accounting of the cards and all that stuff, at some point you gotta bet big when you know the shit's hot to make the amount that you're saying you think you're gonna make, right? We're gonna get there. All right, let's let's keep going. This is good. I love this. He said, "This is where let's my go whole- to Vegas. Fuck this. Fuck it. Drop <laughs> the pod now. Let's right go now. count cards. Let's go. We'll start. We'll continue the podcast. We in can Vegas. learn how to. Get, you know what we'll do? We'll study how to count cards on the way to Vegas. We're doing a roadcast. Let's go. Ari does it. Let's go. Okay. So anyway, he says this is when my whole plan had come together. And every weekend, I was traveling from Berkeley, where I was a full-time student, to Vegas, where I was working full-time as a pro blackjack player. It was an extremely exciting period of my life. My optimal high-limit strategy required disclosing my identity and establishing credit lines all over Las Vegas. I knew I only had one shot at this, because once the casinos identify you as an advantage player... Yep. The whole game changes. Yeah, flagged. Correct. So we see statements that he received from the Venetian. Uh, you know, he did two hundred fifty-four thousand one weekend. Hard Rock, he takes him for three hundred thirty-three thousand. He gets a W two from the win for one hundred fifty thousand. Another one hundred thirteen thousand score. God damn it. Another, you know, uh, estimated win of seven hundred sixteen thousand. Ah. You want to go right now, don't you? Ah. <laughs> Well, his friend Thomas says, I was going to grad school with him and we're doing homework. And I quickly came to, you know, realize <laughs> he ain't working at Starbucks. Okay? I came to the same realization in high school. I had an ex-girlfriend early on in my high school life. Career. That, la- <laughs> that later when she became a senior, her and two and my other like our, her and our, our other mutual friend, when they turned 18, they became strippers. And they started going to Vegas, right? And stripping in Vegas while they're still high school students. Yeah, it's huge money. And who is? They would, <laughs> dude. They would always miss Monday. Oh yeah. And then they'd show up on Tuesday. Well, that's show- when the the coat comes down. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. Sunday nights are big nights. Yeah. And so they would come. I, I just remember, man. I just just fucking remember. Like one time, she opened her her Louis Vuitton bag. That no, wasn't Louis Vuitton, but some. Her she opened her nice purse. And there's probably about eight thousand dollars in ones in there. Yeah, and she's like, I can't keep it at home anymore. Like, just too much cash because it's in ones. <laughs> so like, you gotta build. I'm like, stripper first problems. All, I'm like, first of all, you have to start an LLC. Yeah, you, you have to. You have to. You have to build a make a corporation. Yeah, and then we'll start. Uh, it's weird because <laughs> it's I fucking correct crazy. me if I'm wrong, but I think the strip cl- club capital of the world is Portland. 
I might be wrong on that. Ooh, that sounds like something like that. Yeah, something I remember. I, uh, I was. You just mentioned Aria. I well, I mean, we were performing prostitute capital at a strip club once. Yeah, and somebody was like, "Did you know this is the strip club capital of the world?" And I'm like, "I bet all towns say that." <laughs> but then I, I grew up in Boise, yeah. and I had family and friends that weren't so smart, and right. they'd be like. I got to get on the pole. Yeah, I lap dance for five. <laughs> so, and then even then, they lap dance for $5. Yeah, yeah. But they would go to Portland yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to do yeah, pole yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, his friend Thomas <laughs> says, pole work. so what makes Casey so good? Uh, he says, well, it's because he's been playing the game for so many years, and he knows how to find every edge there is. Sure. And once he does, he pushes it to the maximum. Yeah. Well, Casey says, there's something extremely satisfying about beating a casino for a large sum of money. Even better when they pick up your tab or an enormous weekend of extravagance. Yeah. That's a great feeling. And we see pictures. He's got like bottles of Dom Perignon lined yeah. up and, you know, is amazing Racks sweets. Of cocaine, everything. They don't show the Coke, right. but he says yeah, that's a great feeling. It, but you know it's there. And he says, I'm not only winning, but they're paying for me to win the whole time. And knowing I had an advantage and knowing that the casino was the sucker. That's a pretty amazing feeling. I need, honestly, I need. You need the, to know how to do this no, right now. No. What are the, how do I learn to count? No, what I need is the fucking documentary uh -huh. about the people who work at Vegas yep. that are literally losing or making their jobs based on comping these motherfuckers. Let's meet one right now. Holy shit. Her name is Sidret yes. Moulage. She's what is known what slut. as an executive casino host. Slut. And she says, comps are what we give back to a customer who's willing to rest. I don't mean that. She's not a slut. I, that's, that's rude to me. You mean it, though. I mean, <laughs> pig. Is, you like to use the word pig around here. Well, we don't use the word pig around here. That's for tax. That's for tax and tax only. That's so, that true. So anyway, we give these comps to people that are willing to risk large amounts of money and play at a certain level. We base comps on the level of the play of the customer. Well, Casey says the extravagant lifestyle afforded to casino high rollers seems frivolous, but actually it's an important calculated element of a professional blackjack player's career. Well, Cedric says comps range from room to room uh, to food and beverage um, to spa, expensive flights, jet airfare. Nightclub bills. Which is just touching the surface. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, you want to go party? Obviously, the, uh, the, you, the, you're not talking about a massage. You're talking about a jerk-off session. We, well, know, we know what you mean. They don't say hookers, uh, but they're like, we know what you mean. We're going to comp 50 grand at the club yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. You know, there we're going to fly you out. 50 grand at the club. Yep, yeah. that's what I want to hear. Well, Max says that money adds up. So yeah. it could probably add as much as 20 to 40% of yeah. your overall expected yeah. earn per hour. Yes. If you know Ooh. how to work the comp system. Well, of course. So casinos, Casey says, casinos are constantly looking for advantage players. So as a professional, a bit of acting is required. I'm ordering cocktails. I'm, I'm buying champagne, the Dom. Cristal. I'm throwing, I like that. I'm throwing a party in the Highland Just pit. gotta win. I do all that, but then lose. Well, he says, as long as I'm there gambling and partying, yeah. in their eyes, yeah. I'm not working. Right. And Max says, hiding your hustle, most people want to show off their skills. A blackjack player wants to hide whatever skill he may happen to have. And the more you can act like a complete jerk-off, 
the better off you are. Pretty much like you. That's not true. So, I'm so, a gentleman in Vegas. So we see Casey acting like a jagoff. Take that back. I'm joking. So he's like, <laughs> he's like got okay. chips and he single stacks them. Oh, like does he? You can't see me. <laughs> right. Oh, you can't see me. So he's playing it up. He's playing his character Stupid. up. Stupid. So, you know, he says you got to have some type of act that you feel comfortable executing. That is smart, though, like being like a jackass, like flaunting the fact that you've won the first day and all that stuff. And then like you stack your chips up all the way up. You're like, oh, I'm a fucking geek. Retarded yeah, it's called idiot. deception. I know what it's called. That's what, <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm explaining. Jesus. Christ. But what he's basically saying is, is if you do this well enough and play this character, it'll distract the casino from evaluating right. your skills. Correctly. So... He says, I think it's fucking jackass. He says in that time frame, he beat the Hard Rock for one point four million. Mm. He says that's his biggest and score. How long? He doesn't say. Okay. He says, uh, but I didn't know how long my run was going to last, and it ends when you become so hot you can't enter a casino and you can't play. All of a sudden, one day you're unwelcome. Uh, you don't know when that day is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to happen after you take one. A casino for 1.5 mil. Now, here's the thing. Throughout this casino, who I give the director a lot of credit, he films Casey in all these casinos, and I'm trying to figure out how they did it. So I'm guessing it was Google Glasses or hidden camera, but it's it's not like a camera crew. So uh, kudos to the director for being so patient to get right. all this great footage. So we see Casey immediately get tossed from a casino. <laughs> nice. Excuse me, sir. Can you step away from the table? He's like, why? And you're, you're known as Casey the bitch. <laughs> we have to take you off. Well, Casey says there's a very drastic change from being welcomed to them basically throwing you out and sure. treating you like a criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to remember, they've got great surveillance, cameras everywhere, and more importantly, personnel trained to look for people that either might be cheating or counting. They don't care what you're doing. If you're a threat to them in the bottom line, they want you out of there. So... We see uh, a security guard, uh, and uh, his voice is disguised. And uh, as a duly appointed representative of the owner of this property, I hereby warn you that you are trespassed off this property, as defined by Nevada Revised Statute Two Zero Seven. Two zero zero. If you do not leave these premises immediately, you will be subject to arrest for a misdemeanor. I just realized, why the fuck am I disguising a security guard's voice? Fuck him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be respectful of our guys. Yeah, but security guards. Fuck, Fuck them. them. You're not getting that treatment anymore. No, now we're gonna use this. Yes, hello, I'm a security <laughs> guy. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> So Max says, the casinos have every right to bar you for doing an advantage play. Sure. Uh, and for using your brain. You hate it, but the casinos have the right to throw it out. So we're going to go back to a guy we introduced very, very early named uh, Nelson Rose. He wrote the book, Gambling and the Law. And he says, gambling's a state issue. Now, Nevada law is that any business has the right to exclude anyone for any reason, for, any, for no reason at all. Right, right, yeah. It can be anything. So, except... You can't be like you're black, gay, yeah, you're gay, <laughs> hey, gay guy, <laughs> or hey, black guy, yeah. uh, or you know, gen, what, a, gender, race discrimination, I say the whole F thing. Word, N word, but okay, <laughs> no, yes, I'm I get not. that. Okay, so they have the right, and they can that you know, 
can include card yeah, counters. Because I'm a faggot. <laughs> that can include card counters or even people wearing green hats. You can just be like, hey, Greenie, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. here. You can't do that. Well, um, the casinos, they have the right to 86 you. Um, and Born in 86. <laughs> which means um, when they do that, yeah. they read you the Trespass Act. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah. means if you return, then they can arrest you right. for trespassing. Yeah, trespassing. That's how they say it. Trespassing. Sometimes. So uh, we we also meet. I'm gonna go ahead and disguise this guy's voice because he's a okay. he's a he's a casino surveillance supervisor and sure. he's kind of cool. Sure. But he's disguised in the film and okay. he says the relationship between casinos and advantage players it's a thin line of love and hate. APs hate the casinos for limiting their play. Same time, APs love the casinos after crushing them, and the casinos hate them because they did. So we see Casey getting tossed again, and they're like, your subsequent return to the premises will subject you to immediate arrest for trespassing. Well, Arnold Snyder, uh, famous writer, he says, some casinos are more friendly than others. In getting rid of players, sure. some players are more persistent than others. Sure. Uh, well, we also meet a gentleman by the name of Michael Shackelford. You ever just go on I his know, website? I know Rusty Shackelford. No, he runs a website called WizardOfOdds.com. Cool. I've actually used it a few times. Have you for what? Just various um, odds. I wanted something. Oh, uh, it's like a odds website. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a big forum on there. And he says, in my opinion, the relationship between the casino and the advantage player should be a cat and mouse relationship. Yeah. Well, what about Tommy Highland? You ever hear of him? No. Dude, are you kidding me? No. The heister? Never heard of him. Tommy the heister Highland? No. Very, very famous Tell player. Tommy. Well, he, the, he, he blurred his face out for the doc. He oh, said, okay. I'll use my real voice. Okay. He's what? A very famous card maybe, counter. Maybe he just doesn't want anybody to see his face. Of course, he wants to keep counting cards. Yeah. He says, I'm biased. But if it, everybody knows what he looks like. He's no, very famous. Not everybody, if they're going to block, block him out in the it's documentary. Point, I don't know what he looks good like. Good point. Good point. I've heard his name many times. Good point. I've heard his, some of the scores. Hey, he, hey, you know what? Good fucking point. Hold on. You never heard of the St. Louis uh, shuffle score he took down? I've heard of the St. Louis shuffle. No, you didn't, because I just made that up. Hokey dokey, okey dokey, hokey dokey, okey. Okay. That's from, uh, what's the Axel Rose movie? Not Axel Rose, Axel Foley. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Okay. What I just did. Okay. You ever heard of the Texas Trapdoor? Shuffle. That sounds like a sex move. Again, something I just made up. Okay. So, anyway, he says it does seem there's some illegal contact that goes on, either on the part of the casino. Or on the part of the card counter. Neither on the part of the casino or on the part of the card counter himself. Most like of the right? illegal conduct or immoral contact is done by the casinos. Right. Well, Casey says the player also enters this environment under the assumption that the game is going to be fair and the casinos are going to act fair and legally. Um, he says it's it's true for 99.9% of casino players, but for advantage players or players willing to risk enough money, that could disrupt the finance of the casinos, this couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Um, give me the voice disguiser again, because it's time to meet Previn Mancotti. Casinos, in my opinion, they're the worst of both worlds. They get people drunk. They'll take advantage of them. 
If you try to take advantage of them legally, they'll employ illegal methods to stop you. Wow. Um, I agree. James Grossjean, we got to disguise him too. He says, it runs the gamut from illegal detention, search, and seizure, confiscating chips, cheating in the games. Well, I believe that shit. Mm-hmm. I believe that they, that's a great way of putting it. They, even if you're not doing anything illegal, they'll do illegal things to kick you the fuck out. That's goddamn right. Casey says, people or casinos have refused to cash my chips. Yeah. Casinos have stolen chips from me. Wow. I've had money illegally confiscated from me, and I've been cheated numerous times by the casinos. Well, Max is in the past. I got drugged. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, He's chilling in downtown Vegas, probably. Well, he says, I've been drugged in the back. Does that mean like somebody injected him with drugs in the back or pulled him into the back? Maybe fucked him in the ass. I have no (laughs) idea. He says, I've been punched. Friends of mine have been burned with cigarettes. Eh. Friends of mine have had their jaws broken. Whoa. Friends of mine have been threatened to be murdered. Okay. Look what they did to my hand, man. (laughs) (laughs) You stupid (laughs) motherfucker. Casey says, I've seen intentional payoffs against me. Uh, I've been arrested for crimes I didn't commit. And I know personally people have been beaten up. Oh, he says I was drugged by a casino. Yeah. So he says casinos also planted narcotics on a friend of mine uh, that was being detained illegally. Can you imagine being back, getting back roomed, and then they drop a little bag? And they're like, we're kind of happy now. (laughs) (laughs) Send me back to my room, won't you? I'll stop gambling. Well, another player says the list of casino crimes goes on and on with never anything but a slap on the wrist from local gaming authorities, which are supposed to regulate the games. But we found they just protect the casinos. Yeah. Well, we also meet a man named Daryl. They're paid by the casinos. Well, we meet Daryl Purpose. Great name, by the way. He (laughs) says, people say it's dangerous to play in these casinos. And I immediately say, no, I don't feel danger. I never felt the danger. But then I think about visiting Ken Houston on his hospital bed mm. when he had 73 bo- broken bones in his face. Oh, shit. Um, playing outside of a casino named Reno. Whoa. Now, Ken is a fucking legend. We're going to touch, we're going to talk about him in part two. Okay. But I want to put this out there right now. If you guys do get jacked on this and don't want to wait, uh, wait a week, look Ken Houston up uh, because Breaking Vegas was yeah. a doc series on all these advantage players. Yeah. But it was, it was spun off from uh, a doc that the History Channel did on Ken himself. Mm. So check out uh, History Channel Ken Houston documentary if you want more uh, on him and others. Well, Casey says, there's a safety issue. I generally feel I'm safe, but it's not unusual for security to get out of line and overreact. This is part of the reason they send out BOLO reports. Mm. So they say, be on the lookout for this player. He's got mm. skill. He can do this. He can I do that. I was about to say, buy one, lose one. Oh, no, Bolo. that's not what it means. Okay. Not what it means. Like BOGO. Well, usually they tend to very quickly overreact and bring security, police, and other goons to treat us like criminals, according to another player. But Casey says, it's my job. I got to play. It's what I do for a living. I want to play. I don't feel that I should quit playing just because they're aggressive and willing to break the laws and intimidate me. Well, we also meet Bill Zender. God, these guys have great names. He wrote a book called Card Counting for the Casino Manager. And he says, from being both a player and a casino operator, 
I'm just kind of sometimes amazed at some of the techniques that the casinos use to try and discourage card counters. Well, another player says, any card counter or other casino player would know that the hardest part about the game is avoiding heat over an extended period of time. And the casino's willingness to break the law and create a hostile environment for advantage players forces APs to take countermeasures. KCs use disguises. He says, I use camouflage when I play. I always have aliases. We see him. He is at a table with a crystal gale wig. Like it's down to like his ass. Wow. And he's got these big sunglasses on. Um, And another player says, creativity and hard work are the two most important characteristics that an AP can possess. And Max says, I lasted for years. I had accents. I was a Texan. I talked like this. Come on, I'd say. I'll, I'll, I'll take that whiskey down right now. But I put tea in there instead. And I knocked that tea back down. I'd order a double wild turkey. But I, I said, give me a quadruple. Uh, but uh, bring me a beer. But I'd see what I'd do is I'd drink O'Doul's. And they wouldn't notice. <laughs> and, okay. I, and I poured the beer out. I'd be like, oh, give me another one. And I knocked that one down too. And I'm talking like this. I'm acting like that. Tipping like crazy. So John Chang, he's the, he was one of the masters of disguise at MIT. Yeah. And he says, you know, I dress up uh, as a woman, you know? Wow. Pretty fun. <laughs> he I mean, said, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess we dress up as a woman. Well, we also they don't notice. We also meet Bob Dancer. I don't think any of these guys' names are real. Well, yeah, Bob Dancer sounds like B- bullshit. Bob Dancer hosts a radio show and he brings Casey on and they're talking about, you know, um, you know, advantage play and whatnot. And Casey discloses a few tricks. Now, did you know that uh, casino chips have RFIDs in them? I figured some, at least the $100 ones do. Explain to our listeners what that means. It's like a little chip that goes inside of it. So if it ever crosses some kind of medium that has an RFID reader, it will send off a signal to somewhere. Right. So Casey figured out that there was an RFID reader yeah. where you put the chip down uh, for your bets. Oh. So what's going on is they're tracking how much you're but playing you're electronically. Right. So the way he circumvents this mm-hmm. is he gets himself a pair of Under Armors. Right, that have a RFID chip inhibitor. Puts the chip. No, it's not an inhibitor. It's like a clear. I'll tell the story. Okay. So he grabs an RFID $100 chip. Yeah. He puts it under the spandex, right? Puts it on his knee, yeah. Then puts his knee under the table, oh, and then pops his knee oh, up. And it just always just reads that. No Correct. Wow. Meanwhile, he's betting different amounts. Wow. He's raising and lowering his bet. It's amazing. That is fucking genius. That's pretty fucking genius. I mean, it doesn't get any cooler than that. <clears throat> Probably gets a lot cooler, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it does get a lot cooler. Okay. So that I think is how we took the hard rock down. Because Ooh. the hard rock, uh, here's what we need to get out of the way right now. Okay. The way you primarily get caught counting cards mm-hmm. is how, Dave? Um, how much you're betting. Correct. So when you're varying your bets. Yeah, they know. They know. That's that's the number one telltale sign of a card counter. So basically, Casey basically says the casino is extremely dependent on that RFID. You know, Pretty fucking cool. It's amazing, man. 
you know, because what he's doing, he's he might be spreading from 100 to 500, but it only looks like you're spreading from 21 to 2500. Right. So, you know, that's just a. I mean, I love hearing when people come up with this kind of stuff. Little shit like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because technically, is it cheating? Mm, no, you just have a poker no. chip in your in your yeah, uh, I just under got a poker chip in my underarm on my knees. It's my good luck knee yeah, chip. Man. <laughs> yep. So uh, give me a little modification because we're going to go back to uh, T-Dane, Casino Surveillance Supervisor. Casey was one of the best players that I noticed in the circuit. He was one of my players that I liked to follow because he had all these personas. He looked like a mountain man one day and GQ'd up the next. Hmm. Yeah. So this point, this is very cool. Nice directorial decision here. We see all Casey's disguises and faces in quick shots. Yeah, like and he says, I'm a professional jackback player. He's dressed like a lumberjack. <laughs> it's like I'm forced to evade the most advanced surveillance systems known to man. Then he looks like a dentist. <laughs> I'm scrutinized by biometric software. Now he's, he's a, a lawyer. <laughs> I'm constantly observed by casino personnel. Now he's a dog walker. Oh, My shit. identity changes every day. <laughs> so you get the point. Yep. This is the price I pay to be a winner. <laughs> Great. Well, John Chang, who was one of the famous, um, you know, MIT blackjack players, yeah. who was known for his disguises, especially dressing up like a woman. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he says Casey has taken this to a new level. <laughs> uh, he's got disguises, ver uh, IDs all kinds of stuff. I didn't know anybody else who does it like that to that degree. Well, Casey says, I was getting a lot of heat from the casinos. So I changed my look. I grew a beard. I grew my hair out, changed the way I dress, and I've been able to finally get back into the casino. So I'm going to take one last shot, start playing every day, okay. and see how things go. All right. So we see undercover footage on his first day back. So he's transgender now. <laughs> He's like, I'm a woman. You can't do anything about me. So we see undercover footage on his first day back, and he's yeah. like, yeah, I just got booted from the audience. <laughs> well, it didn't work. He was like, fortunately... Ma'am, can I check your cock, please? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, is it just me, or is there an RFID chip yeah. at the top of your hammer? Yeah. Uh, but he was like, luckily, I won six grand, which is good. And uh, the interviewer, I'm assuming the director, he says, so what did he say? He said, you know, he was friendly. He was like, no more blackjack at Boyd Gaming Properties, though. <laughs> now, Boyd's huge. So they own like five or six casinos. Sure. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's Las Vegas Sands Group. Is it, are, they, are they the Palace Group people? No? Yeah. Palace well, there's, Station? There's, I don't know. There's Caesars, okay. there's Boyd's, there's LVS, and MGM. Okay. I think that's the big four. Okay. And the interviewer's like, did you ask, did they ask who you were? And he's right. like, no, they didn't ask because they probably knew I wasn't going to tell them. Uh, but just to be safe, when we left the property, we jumped into a cab, circled around the block, came back, and then got the car. Hmm. When I walk out of a casino and I know that I've been backed off or trespassed, I never get into the car. They've got cameras all over. Even if you don't think they're following you, they usually following, are. following, yes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to head over to the Silverton Lodge. It's right on the outskirts of Vegas and work our way north from here. So at this point, you know, he can't hit any of the major strips. Right. You know, he's, he's like, we're just going to do some hit and runs. And smash and grab. Smash and grab in and out, play, playing aggressively. And he says, just, you know, most of these places have already been thrown out of before. Right. But we're going to take dead aim at them until we have to go. Well, it doesn't work. Right. 
Um, so, you know, they're like, sir. Come on. You know the drill. Come on. So he says, I got to cut my hair. Um, so, you know, he's like, I got to get rid of this caveman look. So he heads to the barber. Okay. All right. He goes to the Palms Barber. I would have oh, probably okay. gone to another a- one <laughs> off the strip somewhere yeah. in a different city. Jesus. So do it yourself. Then uh, we see him. He's walking around. Looks like Fremont Street at like 7 a.m. And um, it ain't going so well. No. So he, this is all hidden camera footage. And he's like, so what's the problem? Uh, and they're like, well, you're getting trespassed. And he's like, well, what are your rules? And he's like, when we ask for ID, we want it. And he's like, I've uh, never been asked for ID. And he's like, well, that's my rule. So how about it? Yeah. He's a security guy. Yeah. And cops like, if you don't want to comply, you know, sorry. Yeah, get the fuck out. And, you know, you wait a minute. You're kicking me out for winning? No, 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 not at all. Oh, so you're scared of my action? So then the cop comes over and he's like, statute, blah, blah, blah. Get out of here, kid. Yeah. So it's 6 a.m. And he says, I spent all night playing in this crappy casino and it's getting tough. Hmm. I've, I've realized I'm just not welcome here anymore. Yeah. And I'm finding myself playing in these crappy casinos, uh, off shift times, uh, you know, low, low stakes. And, you know, when I was at my top, I was playing as a high limit player and invited by the casinos. And now I'm a known entity and I can't play in Las Vegas anymore. So, you know, I got to get on the road. Yeah, you gotta get on. I'm there. leaving town. Get back. I'm on leaving the- Las Vegas, as Cheryl Crow oh, would say. Oh, gonna <laughs> so, Atlantic City, he, buddy. It's time to jump in his RV. Oh no! So he's Please got. Don't, don't tell me he has an actual like a practice machine on there too, buddy. He's got an RV. We see this thing. He's got uh, mannequins for all of his wigs. No, <laughs> yes. he's got a wardrobe. With all these costumes. What a fucking guy. You got to love it. And he says, I think there's another half a million out there for me. Yeah, okay. So yeah, all right. um, I'm going to travel around the country, and I'm going to get as much out of blackjack as I can. So we're going to head east uh, and then start our nationwide tour. So he starts out in Louisiana and Shreveport, and he's like, you know, I'm going to uh, play at Boomtown, go down to New Orleans, that's going to be my home base. And, um, you know, he's like, I wanted to play my third session at Harris. Um, and within five minutes, I got trespassed. Wow. Yep. They know him. They know him, man. Nationwide. I hadn't gotten a lot of heat my first two sessions, but I had lost. Uh, I had a lot of big bets out there. And he's like, that's probably what got me popped. Yeah. And then um, they probably rewound the footage and analyzed my play and realized I was counting. Now. Dave, yes. it's time to learn how to count cards. All right. Give me a little applause play. break for how to count uh, cards. Sure. <laughs> do, you have e- do you have any idea how to count cards? I know something about the anytime you see a jack, queen, king, or ace, you add a one. And anytime you see something else, you minus a one. You couldn't be more wrong. Okay. All right. So here's how count card counting works. Okay. Uh, Casey uses the simple technique. Okay. And you assign... Uh, a single number to certain cards. Sure. So the high low count, as it's known, you assign plus one to cards two through six. Okay. So oh, the other way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. From um, 
seven to nine, they're neutral. Okay. They don't count anything. Tens to aces and all face cards, that's minus one. Ah, minus. So you got to remember, you got to do this in real time. Yeah. You can't be baked. No, no. Okay. You can't be baked. Difficult stuff. (laughs) Difficult stuff. So basically what you're going to do when you do this is you're going to establish what's known as the running count. Right. Now, you brought this up earlier. What if you got six, eight decks? Yeah, six, eight decks. Well, what you do in this case is you determine what's known as the true count. Okay? So okay. you take the, the decks remaining, you get your running count, and then you adjust it by how many decks are in the shoot. Okay. No, you're not paying attention. I'm listening. It's the, it's shoe. the shoot. It's, it's the, the shoe. shoe. It's the shoe. Yeah, the shoe. Well, that will determine what your true count is. Obviously, as the true count goes up, that's when you wager more. Okay? Now, changes in true count determine strategy decisions. Similar hands are often played differently depending on the true count. Right. So let's say, you know, he's like, I've got an ace and a seven. That's a soft 18. Well, what would you normally do in that if the dealer shows a two and you have a soft 18? Well, you do not hit. Correct. You're going to stand. But because you got a true count of plus three, strategy indicates that you double down in this situation. Wow, on an 18, dude, what? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here, man. This is what it's all about. Wow, that's deep. Second hand, he's got a six and three, total of nine. Versus the dealers, too. Now, what would you do in this situation normally? There you double down. No, that's not exactly true. Okay. Basically, basic strategy, you just hit. Right. But basic the, strategy. But the true count with plus three, yeah. you deviate and you double. You double, yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, using this strategy, an advantage player can expect to play with an advantage over the casino of approximately how big of a percentage do you think? Well, what do you, what's your edge? I would say literally 1%. Nailed it. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? 1% difference. Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you play blackjack, it's, I think the blackjack, they, uh, the house has maybe a half percent advantage. I don't know. If you play correctly by the book. Yeah, by the book. But when your true counts at three, which is not very high. Right. You know, you can get true counts into the teens, high teens sometimes. Yeah. Based on the sh- yeah. based on the 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 run. That means that you know all low numbers are coming. <laughs> it actually means you know all the high numbers are coming. Oh, you mean all the high numbers are <laughs> yeah. coming? Okay. So anyway, he changes his look. He heads to another casino, and um, you guessed it, he gets backed off. Oh, no. And they ask him for his ID. He just oh. takes off. So he leaves the shithole casino. Yeah. And a cop follows him. No, a really? fucking cop pulls wow. him over. What you got going on over there? Keep in mind, he's Louisiana. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he's like, "What's going on?" And uh, he's like, "You know, I was at the casino and I get pulled over and uh, surveillance." He's talking to a camera in the car. He's like, "They yeah. want us to show me the ID, and I'm not going to do it." Yeah, you know, I didn't even play. Yeah, Copper. really, I didn't really play. No, he didn't even get to play. Oh, at all. He got trespassed by the oh. by the f- facial recognition. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. Wow. Cop. I have a supervisor coming to the scene. 
Um, I have one of the state supervisors coming to the scene so we can uh, see what we got going on and see if we can resolve this. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to say, he just pointed to you, that guy back there. He said the white car stopped them because they're causing some disturbance, and that's where we're at right now. So just let me take a few minutes to figure everything out. And he's like, yeah, dude, uh, I'd love to know what's going on because uh, I just got you know trespassed and I didn't even play. Cop right. comes over and he's like, well, we're going to need your ID. And he's like, why do you need my ID? And he's just like, I just need your ID. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then Casey's like, I gave it up. Obviously, you know, you even give... though it was illegal for, for me to give up the ID yeah, yeah. because they didn't, I didn't yeah, do pulled anything. Pulled them over while driving. Gotta show Buddy that. needs a new disguise. Yeah. It's time to shave the beard. Yep. Well, he doesn't do it himself. He James goes into balls. one of those barbers. He actually goes to a place. <laughs> he goes to a place. Oh, great. Yeah. So. Great. Anyway, it's time to meet local black, or not local. This is the super legend of Blackjack. You know his name. You know his name. No. Inventor of team play? No. Come on, Al Francesco? Wow. Dude, you don't know Al Francesco? No, never heard. I don't really know anything. Well, Al says Griffin is a big thorn in any blackjack blackjack player's life. Right. Well, you know what Griffin is. Dave. I don't know. You don't know what Griffin Investigations is? No. The Griffin book? (laughs) Never heard of it. The Griffin book. Bro, when you get your name in the (laughs) when you get your name in the Griffin book. It's over. Oh Griffin, here's what You gargoyle? Here's what happens. Griffin is a detective agency. And they publish an electronic database of known cheaters and advantage players, card counters. Once you're in the Griffin book, it's over. You're fucking done. Well, Tommy Highland, the legend, says it's bad. It's bad to be a card counter and get placed in the Griffin book. The first time you find out, it's like traumatic. Right. It's kind of like in Goodfellas. Oh, you popped your cherry. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. um, Anyway, Casey has a, a copy of the Griffin book because hmm. he's an inside man yeah. and they show his profile okay. and he's got just alias after alias wow. and picture after picture That's of hilarious. him. Now I was trying to figure out what his real name is, but they, they, they blur it. They huh? blurred it. Wow. Man. So Casey, he's like, time to head to Mississippi, man. Whoa. Um, he's going to rotate. He's going to do session, session, session. Keep Rotation. it small and quick. Three casino shifts. Uh, he says, I'm going to change my outfit every few hours. Play 45 minutes at a time. Get maximum bets down. Not get attention. Come back eight hours later. Do the same thing. Well, he goes to the Beau Rivage and pulls out 7,700. Then he heads over to the Hard Rock. Scores there. Um, now, here's the thing. He's playing double deck. Yeah, easy. Two decks. Doubles. Yeah, and Easy. he says they're really juicy and, you know, I'm just going and playing 15 minutes, uh, spreading bets and making about 2000 an hour. Nice. Uh, because, you know, it's only two decks. Yeah. Easy. So he has a three day score of 26 grand. Wow. And um, he talks to his dad. Now, this is interesting. Guess who his dad is? Who's his dad? A former black. Je- you uh, no, don't say. No, no. Back gammon. Yeah. Champion. You don't say. Backgammon. Backgammon, yeah, sure. But also a card counter in his own right. Backgammon players are just as good as chess players and poker players. Well, it's time to meet his dad. Okay. Um, He said he started in 1960. Okay. And he said at the time there's no resources. Playing the games. 
There's no resources back yeah. then. Uh, but a guy named John Scarney was the first person, to his knowledge, to ever make a public statement that Black Jam, Blackjack was a beatable game. Right. So we also meet a guy named um, Stan, Tom, Stan Chomp, Tom Chin. Okay. These names aren't real. Stan yeah. Tom Chin. Tom Chin. Well, he's the founder and head trader at Pinnacle Sports. And he says, I remember getting off the bus and going to Reno when I was 18 years old to count mm. cards. Mm. And Casey's dad, he developed his own counting method based on uh, uh, with the first point counting system used in a casino. Okay. Using very crude, rudimentary strategies that he borrowed from Scarney's book. Right. And he started winning. Okay. So um, Casey was raised in this environment. His dad was a fucking, you know. Yeah. Total. Gambler. Yeah. And a rambler, a gambler. A <laughs> I don't know it. Car player. Okay. Um, Tell him that God's going to cut him down. Anyway. It's a It's song. a Johnny Cash song. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't say rambler, gambler. No? No. Anyway. Tell him the God's going to cut him down. He doesn't say the rambler, the gambler, the something, something. The God's going to no, cut him down. I don't anyway, think he does. Anyway, um, Casey heads to Greenville, Mississippi. Okay. And Greenville, Mississippi. And Not Greenville, Alabama. He says they're, they're small and um, he gets lost. Okay. He's like, I don't even know where the hell these places are. And yeah, they, in the fucking middle of the woods. But half he the says time. the trick is they have shitty surveillance. Great. So what he does is he finds out he can shuffle track. Ooh, they can like actually see the cards when they're shuffling. No. Okay. What's are shuffle you tracking? ready to learn about shuffle tracking? Okay, let's hear about shuffle tracking. Here's <laughs> 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 what shuffle tracking. <laughs> What do, you, what do we need? <laughs> okay. It's okay. Shuffle right. tracking. Let's hear about it. Shuffle tracking is a great technique used to take advantage of weak shuffles. Okay. Okay. It can enhance. Wait, hold on. Say it again. We say weak shuffles all the time. Weak shuffles. All right. You got the point. It can enhance the card counting experience and slightly increase your advantage with less heat than card counting alone. <clears throat> so as the cards are being dealt or, uh, you know, run out, you mentally label a group of cards wow, or slug that's fucking crazy. in the discard tray. Wow, man. So as you're counting the shoe. Dude, that's <coughs> so hard, man. Oh, it's ridiculous. But what you're doing is you're making yeah, a you're mental vaulting. note. You're, you're, I know exactly where, what you're doing. Where a group of cards is yeah. in the discard. Yeah. Okay. You could, if you're good at this, you could probably visually see it. Like as... The cards are being shuffled in to the dealer's hands, and he does that first shuffle. That correct. You can kind of visualize like correct. These are red. These are blue. These are black. These are green. Right. In your but head. here's where the beauty comes oh, in. Man. After they shuffle the six decks together, yeah, you get to cut the cards. Yeah. So you. So you. You get to decide. You wow. cut that card, okay? And then they cut from back to front. Right. So they put that chunk. In the back, front, yeah. and then or you're the, you're noticing back, yeah. when that slug's gonna come out. Yeah. So you know that slug has a count of, of like twenty plus cards. Yeah, twenty in cards that then. slug. Wow. So you're man. now going to play just even <laughs> money nuts. the whole time That's nuts. until you start to see 
those that cards. those cards come wow. out. And then you're going to raise your bet, okay? Yeah. Because at this point, you have a massive count. And at this point, he uh, calculates it as 5%. Now, that wow. doesn't sound like a lot. Oh, no, that's high. But you know about the law of large numbers. 3%. Law of large numbers dictates that? that over time, as many hands as you can get, you can fuck you're going to clean up. Yeah, man. So that is one of the strategies that absolutely blew me away. And he took out a couple thousand. And um, then he finds a single deck game. And, um, of course, uh, the casino manager approaches him. And security guards are very rude. And they're like, color up. And he got trespassed from there. And um, then, you know, he's like, well, what do I do with my chips? And they're like, you just have to leave. If you don't leave, we're going to arrest you. So he calls up Mississippi Gaming Commission. Whoa, the commission. And it's illegal for them to kick you out while you still have chips. So the commissioner shows up. Well, not the commissioner, just some staffer. And walks him in and says, you you change this guy's chips out. Yeah. So that blew me away. I didn't know they could do that. How much, I wonder? It was a couple thousand. Nice. Yeah. So that was very, very interesting. Um, so, you know, he's having a good time. He's in the RV. I want to do that one day. Call up the gaming commission. Be like, hey, <laughs> they're trying to kick me out for jerking off all over the fucking table over here. Spewing chips or actually jerking off? Jerking off. So anyway, um, he's doing well. He's cruising in the RV. And then um, he decides he's going to uh, take a stop in Vegas and he's going to head out to California because there's like 40 or 50 casinos he's never been to in the South. Yep. So he heads off to the Golden Acorn. You ever been there? Nope. Indian Casino, San nice. Diego. And uh, they have uh, six deck. I've been to Harrah's. They have six deck game. Okay. Uh, maximum bets 500. And um, he runs that up there. Then he heads over to Vihas. And um, then he finds two amazing shoes back to back with sky high counts and pulls out about 10 grand in wow. a half an hour. Whoa. Now we see his total uh, from the trip. He's up 100K at this point wow. on, on the trip. Then he heads down to Barona, home of what, Dave? Uh, Blackjack Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, bro. So fame. he has a quick session there, pulls out like five grand. And, um, you know, he says the cover play worked out well. So he used glasses and a hat. And now it's time to meet Jim. Pepine of Great. Biometric Facial Recognition oh Gaming Protection. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy indeed. Yeah. Well, he says Biometric is a software company that came into being specifically to provide game protection software to casinos. And, you know, they basically use our database. It's a subscription service. Yeah. We grab your picture, and with the touch of a mouse, we can send this out to 175 little surveillance rooms. The camera will freeze an image and instantly check all the pictures in the database that come up with the most likely matches. Right. Well, do you know that there's a thousand different points of measurement on your face? Yes. But it all starts from the eyes. Interesting. So you can't fuck with the eyes. Right. Um, So that's how people basically get popped. Yeah, you fucking ching chong your eyes. I, I don't know if that's the term. Okay. Oh, oh, you mean like get... Uh, uh, Ching Chong, you're right. 
I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. It's pretty, pretty simple, honestly. <laughs> Fucking. That's the only ching, way to ching, fix your eyes. Yeah. Ching chong them out. What the fuck? Don't you understand? No, I get it. But I mean, okay. I guess that's the only way, yeah. you know, I mean, a contacts won't work. You slant them. Right. But you have would have to literally change the yeah, shape the of your shape eyeballs. Of the eye. You either your, round your eye them or you slant so, them. So there's also, in addition to ching chonging, there's You're also fucking, big eye. Yeah, there's bug eye. Big, yeah. Oh, round eye. If, if you got no, surgery. You yeah, yeah, no. If you got surgery. Oh, the round eye. <laughs> anyway. He says, the only other solution is to go full makeup. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we, we just, we just, <laughs> you said ching chong. I know. It's not like it's me. It's rhyme. I mean, it's, it's the <laughs> correct, I mean, it's the industry term, dude. What's fucking, what, what do you mean? No, dude. Come on. Come on, man. You're tripping out over here, dude. It's not the industry term. <laughs> okay. You slant them. <sighs> okay. Anyway, he says the only way around this, this eye thing, is you go full Dustin Hoffman from Tootsie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I know exactly what you mean. By the way, by the way, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's a great movie. It is such a brilliant film. It's one of the only dramas I've ever seen in my life. It's a it's a dramedy, to be fair. Yeah, I mean drama. All right. Well, big news incoming. Yeah. Big news. Uh Casey's on the phone. And uh He's like uh, on the phone with his dad and he goes, I got to scout it out and figure out whatever this woman's shift is and follow her around. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Uh, this is uh, this is big. Uh, bye. So anyway, he tells this woman around um, because he's got an advantage play that's going to be through the roof, wow. a six-figure opportunity. Holy shit! He's uh, he's found some hole carding, uh, hole carding opportunities. Okay. Do you so know what, what hole carding no, is? Explain, bro. Hole carding <clears throat> is a card counter's wet dream. Yeah, wet dream. Hole, <laughs> hole carding is a card counter's <laughs> wet dream. Okay, hole carding is when the dealer is dealing out the cards, but they're exposing their hole card. Oh fuck me, She's- bro. She's hooking it up a little bit. Huh? If you know the dealer's whole card, yeah. you have all the information. You need, yep. Sick, okay. Sick, sick. So Al Francisco, inventor of team play, says whole card play is the best thing that could happen. You just have to cut her in at the end. No, no, no. She doesn't know she's doing it. Oh. She's just a bad dealer. She's a weak dealer. So, you know, let me explain to you how whole carding works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Approximately one. Yeah, H-O-L-E, whole card. Yeah. Not not W-H-O-L-E. Approximately one to two percent of dealers use poor or sloppy techniques. Yeah. Which can be exploited by AP players. This dealer is unknowingly flashing his whole card. We see it. Well, given the extra information, you adjust your strategy. Strategy. So on, for example, on his, on my first hand, I have a nine Yeah. and I would normally hit against a 10, but given the extra information that the whole card is a six, what are you going to do? Dealers can hit, you know, the dealer has 16. Yeah. He has to hit. You're going to double. Well, I'm just saying the dealer has to hit on 16. Right. So you might as well double anyway. Yeah. 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 yeah, Okay. Now whole carding gives you a 10% advantage wow. not 
including the count. Wow. So he bets table max. Let me give you another example. He's got 14. Yeah. Well, normally he's going to hit because the dealer's showing a 10. Yes. But he's really playing against the dealer's 16. So he opts to stand. Yeah. See what I'm or saying? Or if he already knows the dealer has a 20, let's just say. Well, obviously, if he's got yeah, a 20, he's going to hit no matter what. Up. Yeah. So Crazy. I love it. Here's the best part. The eye in the sky. Yeah. Man with a the plan. They can't really see you it. You can't detect. Because like the angle's not good enough. It's not even that. You're not raising your bets. Your bet is the same every time because the dealer's hole carding. You're not uh, raising and lowering your bets. Ah, uh, Great. Yeah, you know what we're doing this weekend? No, we're what? We're, we're, we're going searching for, for a hole carter. There ain't no, there ain't no more sloppy dealers out there anymore, buddy. This was shot two years ago. This eh. was in San Diego. Eh. What? I don't get this. We start the show. You're excited about counting cards and fucking throwing the podcast away and making money, and now you don't think we can do it? I want to go to Vegas and do drugs. Yeah, of course you do. So and count cards. Okay, okay thank you. So he has a great session at uh, Pachanga, obviously. But <laughs> I've been to Pachanga. Yeah. So he was doing, this dealer was on uh, Graveyard Shift, and he was doing eight-hour sessions with her. Uh, and he said, every hand, I got her whole card. So Fuck me. He literally stakes her out. Wow. To find out when she comes in, when she leaves, <sighs> and ro- when, her, when she gets rotated. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, 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 take a guess how much you pulled out of there. 600000 No, 150 grand. Uh, pretty fucking good. For six days of play. Pretty fucking good. Yeah. So um, um, now it's time to go to Palm Springs. Heads out been to the there. Morongo. Morongo. You ever been to Morongo? Morongo. Morongo. You ever been to Morongo? I have. Do you go know, hook up with some eighteen-year-olds. Oh, Morongo's a shithole. They have they have uh, they have roulette there, but they use cards instead. Yeah, yeah. they have yeah. Uh, craps, but they use cards instead. They cards, yeah. I fucking hate it. Fucking sucks. Do you ever remember the bingo hall there? No. When Never. you could smoke, it's no. just this massive room, just and it's like tiered up mm. levels. And just, they just count the balls, and you just see old blue hairs uh, chain smoking yeah. cigarettes all day. Uh, yeah. It's fucking wild. Anyway, so he leaves Morongo with a $20,000 score. Oof. Pretty solid. And uh, it's time to hit Palm Springs, Fantasy Springs specifically. Uh, another change of clothes. He's going to go with the sports coat and jacket, uh, and the nice outfit, uh, put a wig on, and um, nice. Uh, goes to spa where he uh, had a quick clobbering, uh, takes down another 5,500 score, gets a little Ooh. bit of heat. Uh, okay. As soon as he raised his bet, by the way, and someone was like, you're an AP and you got to get out. So in this little group, uh, he takes down um, $95,800. Jesus. Yep. And it's nice a little weekend. Th- yeah. And then he um, he's uh, he starts hitting these backwoods places, literally where there's no concrete on the roads. Right. He's on dirt roads. Nice. In the boondocks. Oh, yeah. He, he describes one place where he's at. Tahanga. Um, and there's a guy playing $5 a hand. And another kid comes up with a total of $4. And he's, wow. he's spreading $1,500 bets out here. Jeez. He's like, Vegas, no big deal. But, you know, here, they're going to notice you. Yeah. So it's time to head to Reno. And he's got his list. He's going to hit like 15 to 20 casinos. 
and he walks into a place, uh, casino manager, I need your driver's license and social security card. Get the just fuck so out you know. of here. Well, he says, just so you know, to be in a casino in the state of Nevada, you have to have a government-issued ID on you. You have to be 21, he says. And he says, you have to have a government-issued ID on you. Sure. Now, this raises some, some questions that we need okay. to answer. Let's go. Does the casino have a right to demand identification and have it produced? Dave, yes. what's the answer? The I would answer say is yes. no. Mm, the answer is no. Now, that's not true in Los Angeles because you mm. can't walk into a casino anymore without showing your ID. Wow. In the old days, you didn't have to. Yeah. Uh, but now they won't let you in the door. So it does Plus vary they, state by state. I mean, they'll let you in if they don't ask you. But if they ask you. you no, have, in California, you can't enter without scanning your so ID. So they actually need your ID. You have to time. scan it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. It's on a little machine. Yeah. I've used so it. anyway, these guys say in Nevada, that's horseshit. Yeah. Complete horseshit. You do not have to have an ID to walk into a casino. Um, and... Uh, the 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 casino or Casey says the law is you just have to be twenty one. Right. Casino manager says no. I know the law. I'm the casino manager. The law states in the state of Nevada you must have a government issued ID to be in this casino. I'll call security. They can explain I thought it to your you. Security. Do you want it? No, she's a casino manager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know the law. You tell me how to do my job. Well, attorney, gaming attorney Bob uh, Nasarian says. Armo. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie. Fucking Nasarian, dude. Yep. Armo. Uh, well, it's actually Naresian. Is that still Armo? I-A-N? <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Definitely still Armo. <laughs> so according to Bob, he says there's nothing in God's green earth that says you have to have papers anywhere in the United States merely to be there. Yeah. So I would agree with Bob, except in California. Sure. Because they will not let you in. I guess. Now... You know about the 10K rule, right? Well, about traveling state lines with 10K? Correct. Yeah. And flying with 10K? What's the rule? Under 10K? Nope. 999,000? Nope. Not no. illegal. You could travel with as much what? fucking cash as you want from Whoa, state to state. Whoa. What? In, uh, well, hold on. Hold on. Uh -huh. Flying? Yeah. That's in, That has to be incorrect. You're wrong because wow. I know somebody. I know somebody in business who sends somebody to Boston once a month. With eighty, and they pick up about eighty grand cash, and wow. not illegal, not, not illegal because they're going to deposit it. But okay. the customer pays with cash, and he sends out a guy just to fly out to pick it up once a month. Whoa! Okay, mm -hmm. there must be some kind of weird workaround. I guess I always thought it was you can't fly with more than ten thousand dollars. Well, according to Richard Munchkin, he says if you get in or cash out more than ten thousand dollars, you have to show ID. Well, okay, no, okay. At the actual uh, hotel, I yeah, mean, it's at called the actual a, casino. It's called a CTR, okay, cash yes. transaction report. So when you're at the casino, if you uh -huh. cash out more than $10,000, you have to show them your social security number. Correct. And when you're flying. There's no number. It doesn't matter. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I got to look into this. Now, here's something that do, that's a little different down here. I've been into the Gardens Casino many times. Yep. And if I think it's under 2000, they don't ask me for ID, but over 2, they ask me for my ID. Mm -hmm. You would never know this because you've never won. No. But never. <laughs> Not 2000. But I've, I've won a jackpot over $3000 before. Did they ask you for it? They did. Okay. Uh but if uh, to my knowledge, they'll 1099 you if you win a jackpot that's over $600. 
Because mm. I got 1099 once. They had the wheel. You spun the wheel. They called right, your name. That's right. And I won like 750 and I had to f- I fill out a 1099 or they wouldn't pay me. Interesting. So, but flying, fuck it. Get on a plane. Okay. Take your cash. Go party. Gotta learn about that shit. So we see him in another casino and he's taking up his chips uh, to cash out. And the cashier's like, can I have your ID? And he's like, why? And uh, why do you need it? And she's like, yes. And he's like, uh. for what? And she goes, are you over 21? And he goes, I'm over 21. Uh, may I see your ID, sir? And he goes, they just let me play. How could I have these chips? Yeah, if I wasn't <laughs> yeah. over 21. And she's like, well, I'm going to confiscate your chips if you can't provide ID. And he's like, you're keeping my chips? And she goes, yep. And then she takes them and sets them on a counter behind yeah. her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. says, they'll be right here as soon as you want to show me your ID. Until he's I like, call the Athletic State Gaming Commission on you. <laughs> whatever it's called well casey's like they just served me a beer without id (laughs) right so i'm gonna need you to give me my cash yeah uh without id and she goes no you're not um if i think you're under 35 i need to verify your age yeah it's like don't you see the liver spots (laughs) point is that's bullshit too they're not allowed to do that yeah so Uh, what happens there he got his fucking money yeah of course so um it's good to know these laws yeah this is important shit uh because i didn't know about the flying thing um me too i I I re-remembered about my friend who does that and i have to i i just know their business and i know they're legit but i i never asked did you check it or did you just carry it on but i'm assuming you you don't check that kind Mm, of money you would have to have it on your person i wouldn't fly there might be a rule about if it's in your backpack versus on you versus in your carry-on. There might be rules against well, that. Well, they say that it, it's, it freaks people out more than anything because he says he does this when he travels, and they actually show pictures of him. He's like, I feel good with about hundred grand on me, yeah. and he's got it on like his jacket pocket. Sure. He has it in his socks. Yeah, he's got it all I mean? over the place. Yeah, it looks like a scene from <clears throat> fucking Quick Change. So... Um, Never seen that movie. Don't know that reference. Bottom line is Richard Munchkin says, don't ever give up your ID in a Nevada casino. Okay. Okay. By the way, quick change is one of the best comedies of all time. Starring Bill Murray. It's when he dresses up like a clown and robs a bank. Never saw it. What do do? The goddamn airport. I'm down. I got to watch it now, dude. It's one of the best. All right. I'll watch it. So, you know, Casey's getting kicked out left and right. You know, this is in Reno. And he's like, I've, I've extracted every dollar I'm going to get out of this city. Um, so um, he heads to Tahoe, and the heat is through the roof. Um, he manages to get in a couple of sessions and uh, takes out 35 grand in 11 days at Reno. Mm. And then we see his progress in this little section. He's just fucking cranking it. Yeah. Uh, biggest score was 33K at the El Dorado. Nice. Um, I think that's the casino that's on State Line. Half of it's in California. Half of it's in Nevada. They okay. made a movie about it, didn't All they? Right. Uh, One Crazy Night at the El Dorado or some shit with Jeff Bridges. I don't know. Anyway. I've been to Whiskey Pete's. Yep. Whiskey Pete's is up there. Um, and then he finds another amazing game at Bear River Casino. Ooh. And he says it's juicy. Juicy. He says they don't even give a shit who I am. Yeah. They're not they don't subscribe to the Griffin book. Uh no facial recognition. Nope. 
<laughs> he's like, I don't know shit. He goes, and more importantly, they don't care that I'm spreading my bet. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Even though he's under these awesome conditions, he loses 50 grand. No. Yeah, it goes that means to they're cheating. You. No, it's that means called variance, bro. That means they're cheating. Also. No, yeah. it's called variance. Okay. Again, this is why you have to have patience when it comes to this. Yep. You can be under ideal, optimal uh, conditions. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're going to win. No, you still lose your ass. That means you have, means you have a, like a 1% to 5% advantage. So again, subscribe to the law of large numbers. And I want to tell you something sure. if you're listening out there. I know a lot of you people are getting excited about this. Yeah. Don't gamble. No, you <laughs> should. <laughs> yeah. You should do you this. Should go gamble. You should but go not, be. But not without massive amounts of preparation. Sure. And more importantly. Preparation. <laughs> preparation. More importantly, not without an established bankroll. Right. So now he's just like, I'm going to grind. This is the way it is. I'm going to go grind. I'm going to get this money back. Well, Arnold Snyder reminds us that blackjack players understand the concept of risk. They understand the fact there are going to be fluctuations. There's going to be ups and downs, but they know how to control the risks. Daryl Purpose says, people ask me what's different about new card counters that can make this work. And it's a great question. I think we're all wacky. We have niches where we get really good at doing simple math under a lot of pressure. Right. Um, and another one says, there's no gut feeling. There's, there's no, I just busted three hands in a row. There is an exact right play and an exact wrong play. Other people will analyze a situation and think, oh my God, I don't want this outcome. And I, and I know that the outcome is possible. So I won't do that. And we analyze the situation and say, well, if I did that a million times, how many times would that outcome happen? Okay? So it's a different way of looking at things. So he, he's, he's on a marathon session hitting graveyards. Um, and he just keeps losing. Oh, no. He just keeps losing. Loses 2,500. Loses 70 grand at oh, one boy. spot. Um, so then he gets escorted out. And, um, the other thing is you got to remember he's in this, uh, RV. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's tough he's living. He's got to go take a shit in the back. Yeah. Well, his luck changes. He turns things around and now he started off this trip, wanted to take a half a million down. He's up to 550,000. Holy shit. Yep. So, and he's probably halfway through the trip. He heads up to Humboldt County. Nice. Tons of Indian casinos. I didn't know about that up there. Murder Mountain. Murder Mountain. That's where they sell all the weed. Oh, okay. Seriously. Okay, I didn't know it was called Murder Mountain. Yes, I, did a bunch, I tell bunch you about of people my, have died there. Did it, well, did I tell you about my friend that got popped in Humboldt? Probably on Murder Mountain. Well, he was in the, it's called the Triangle, they say. Mm-hmm. He was uh, driving The Hemp out. Triangle. The hemp triangle. Well, I mean, not the hemp, but it's the, yeah. The, he the, was in the hemp triangle. Not the hemp triangle, but. And he stayed with me. It's basically, uh, Humble's owned by a bunch of logging companies. Mm-hmm. And they grow weed out there as like a subsidiary. But like, they're the ones, sort of like, this is sort of like the William Hurst story. 
the Hearst, Hearst Castle, Castle yeah. people, even though it's not in Humboldt, Hearst uh-huh. Castle, like William Hearst, William Randolph what, Hearst, what he we'll respect. he he. he <laughs> He he suppressed all the news and stuff and all the research over. Yeah, he owned the media. Him. But no, no. But he suppressed the a bunch of stuff about 30s. hemp. Also, oh. because uh, was this wanted, in the Emperor Wears? No, he <laughs> wanted he wanted in Citizen Kane. No, he wanted to because he wanted to sell his lumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, did know be, about. I could that. be talking about something. No, no, it may no, not no, be no. a William Hearst thing. It actually. is a William Hearst thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. I saw a doc on Hearst recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on PBS, by the way. Um, so anyway, my buddy was up in the triangle, right? And he came down and stayed with me and my brother used to run drugs, he used to run right. dope, uh, out of, uh, Mexicali. We've heard the stories. Right. So I Club gave, boom, boom. I gave him my brother's good luck playing sane back, which could mm. p- hold about 20, 30 pounds of pot. And I'm like, take this for good luck. Right. And he's like, can I wear uh, some of your clothes? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn right. We're going to put you in a disguise. <laughs> yeah. So we got him a shirt with a pocket can protector. Can I have some of your hair that has your DNA on it also? We got him a shirt with a pocket protector. We loaded okay. up um, binders in the front seat, put him in uh, slacks to make him look like he was a traveling salesman. Yeah. We even put paperwork inside the binders that were real that made it look like he was selling a product. And he's like, okay. He got popped because he was on the road coming out of the triangle for a hundred miles, a cop followed him. So he's sweating a cop for a hundred miles Jesus Christ. at night. <clears throat> and after about a hundred miles, the cop pulls him over and cop pulls over and he says, what'd you pull me over for? And he goes, you didn't dim your lights around that 30 degree turn. And he's like, you're kidding me. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm going like, to search your whole car for everything. They did. Wow. And he got popped. It was a first time offense. Wow. 20 grand in legal fees, <laughs> probation for, I want to say, 10 years. And he didn't have to go to jail. Great. But that's, if you're thinking about running drugs out of the triangle, dim your lights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, anyway. So, anyway, um, he takes another 50 grand from another uh, group of 14 casinos in the Pacific Northwest, but he starts getting lonely. Oh, he gets a prost. Well, here's a what he says. Gets he a says, toot. I think two or three months here in the RV is taking its toll on me. Yeah. I think maybe with the excitement of travel and the usual wins and losses that go along with playing, I'd be fine. But I'm getting a little lonely. And I think a good cure for that would be what, Dave? A toot. That's what I thought he was going to do. <laughs> Steady picks. Gambled more? Picked up his dogs. Oh, that's nice. So he, he gets his dogs in San Francisco, loads them up, and uh, heads off to Thunder Valley. Now, it's time for a new look, Dave. All right, let's see. What is he going to wear? Next he goes time? to the Mohawk. Oh, nice. So he goes fully hawked up and uh, goes on his first night, takes fucking five grand out of uh, the local joint. Yep. And... Um, uh, he says, I don't want to get burned tonight and thrown out betting 2000 when I could have bet 10,000. So he gets popped again, California penal code 602, uh, trespassing subject to arrest. Jesus Christ. Uh, but this time, uh, they steal his personal property in the amount of $40,000. They do not let him leave with <clears throat> the checks. Yeah. Because he won't show his ID. Yep. So he gets trespassed. Calls the sheriff, and 
the sheriff helps him out. And they're like, nice. dude, give this dude his fucking money. Yeah. Just kick him out. Let him get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So that sheriff didn't get voted in again, I bet. Dude, here's the thing, man. You got to protect the players as well as the casino. You do. Unless you 100%. have proof of cheating. Yeah. You can't do shit. No, 100%. So if you're using your mind and they're slow on the uptake to say, we don't want your action anymore, that's on them. But they can't keep your fucking chips. Yeah. The point is, they're going to try. Yeah. So listeners who are already reading how to count cards for dummies as you're listening to this podcast yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. all jacked up, you've got to remember just because they throw you out doesn't mean they can keep your chips. Nope. Got to call the cops on their asses. Well, or the local gaming board. There you go. Okay. So this cop is great, um, or the security guy. He's like, you got to leave right now, um, or you can go to county jail, and it's 130 miles away. Well, Casey's been around <laughs> the block too many times, and he's not playing that game. Sure. So he realizes the Mohawk was a one-shot deal. Yeah. Because that's going out in the Griffin Book immediately. By the way, Mohawk. Monohawk. Never made the connection. Some single hawk. Okay. Just so like what's a two hawk? Do hawk. <laughs> Do hawk mesh. Okay. Do hawk mesh that does. Time to head to Nebraska. So he heads to Nebraska, does like 500 miles of driving, um, and then uh, goes to Iowa, plays a few sessions. Um, he does, you know, not so good. Oh. He's in a losing streak. Well, no. Down 15 grand this night, uh, down 10,000 this night, uh, down 18,000 the next night. It happens. But again, for him, he's cool as a cucumber because he knows this is part of the experience. Yeah. He says, I, they, they tried to backroom me at Harris. What does that mean? Backrooming? What does that mean? Look what they did to my hand, <laughs> okay, man. So literally back. <laughs> yeah. Did you had to fucking throw him out the back with a hole in the door with his head? There's no cameras in the back yeah. room, man. They no try uh, cameras in here, I see. Yeah. So he's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. So uh, then he heads to St. Louis, extremely frustrated, uh, loses another 3,000. Um, and after his last 40 hours of play, he got up. And then uh, it was up like 15 grand, uh, lost it all again. Damn. So we see, hours, we see the Fuck map. That. We see the map. It's high or his chart. Was it 550? Now he's down to 500 grand. Oh, no. Yep. So he's going to head to Iowa again. Uh, he had this casino on his list and he shows up there. No more casino. God <laughs> floated <God>. away. <laughs> fucking. It was like I was using a last year's guidebook, and now it's a theme. Yeah, it used to be in Muncie, Indiana. Now it's <laughs> in Gary, Indiana. So he takes a well-needed night off and uh, slams a few beers, nice. uh, watches a movie, licks his wounds. Nice. Uh, in the in the uh, RV, of course. Sure. And uh, he jacks it too in there, but. <laughs> <laughs> a little jack sesh with the dogs, sir. No, okay. Anyway, you mentioned you something about jacking it. He notes that he's on a hundred thousand losing session. Oh, 10 hours a day. And he says, Most people just can't handle swings like that. No, um, but you play every day for years. What's your biggest swing of all time? One night, your session that you want to grip, and then the session where you lost the grip. Uh, back to back. My, here's here's the thing. I don't play a lot of table games. No, I know that you don't play table games. Now, 
I did play table games. Okay. When you were a degenerate? I was, I, well, I did a lot of coke. And a buddy of mine sold a screenplay, and we went out to Vegas. <laughs> and oh, yeah. um, I remember it was nonstop drugs from the second we got in the car to drive till the second we left. We were about 15 minutes out of Barstow when the drugs started to take hold. Pretty much. And then the ether. Yep. Um, so We had a salt shaker full of cocaine. So I remember losing about, eh, I don't know, two grand, maybe okay. three grand. And I had 50 bucks in my pocket. Okay. And we got back from the club at 5 a.m. Yep. And I sat, about right. I sat down on a blackjack table and they had surrender, which is a key. Yes, portion. I know what surrender is. You do this. You do the, the, the straight line across like this. That's when you surrender. You do this across. With, you your, your, finger? Finger, with your finger? No, you just say then, surrender. I know, but that, that's the sign for surrender. Like, hit me is this. Hit when me, you tap, tap your finger or bring uh, your fingers towards somebody. Yeah, you stop with, with your the wave hand, off. With the wave off is, is the stop. Hand. But the surrender is the finger left to right. I right just say left. surrender so okay. there's no confusion. Okay. But I remember I only had 50 bucks in my pocket. And I ran that up to six, $7,000 from just 50 bucks. Sick. And then um, I lost track of time uh-huh. and played for about 12 hours. And I uh-huh. forgot to put all the bets that we were going to place down on Sunday football games. Uh-huh. And then I was like, well... I'm just going to go take a nap before we leave. But uh-huh. I realized I'd been playing since 5 a.m. Right. And it was 3 o'clock. And I thought it was like the an next hour. Day. Yeah, yeah. So they were like, you, we, we're late for checkout. Right. So then we get in the car. And on the way back, do you know that fucking roller coaster outside of yep. Vegas? That's a... Uh, oh, the one in... Pr- outside pr- of Vegas. It's pr- probably pr- in Prim. At uh, Prim. It's probably yeah. in Prim. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my buddies are like, dude... That's Whiskey Pete's. Is that I mean, Whiskey Pete's? I don't know if the actual roller coaster is Whiskey Pete's, but that's where Prim is, yeah. So anyway, I'm up like, I don't know, 5,500 for the trip. Yep. And um, they're like, we're going on the coaster. Now my brain is scrambled right. with alcohol, mm-hmm. cocaine, yep. um, pot. Yep. I don't think I did any GHB. No. Um, no, I know I didn't because I never did. But the point is, the guys are like, we're all going on the coaster. I never did. Somebody only gave it to me. They're like, we're going on the coaster. And I'm like, I'm not. And they're like, dude, it's part of the trip. We're all going. And I'm like, fuck you guys. I got a little GHB for you. I've got a headache. And they were like, you're going on the coaster. And I go, I'll make a deal with you. I'll go put $100 at the blackjack table. Uh And if I win, I'll go on the coaster. But if I lose, I get to go sit in a car. Yes. I win. Yes. I got on that coaster, (laughs) fucking scrambled the shit out of my fucking brains. (laughs) Got back in the car. Just still sweating out cocaine and alcohol. <laughs> and of course, I don't know what direction we're of going course, anymore. The AC doesn't work in the car. Of course. And we got to drive back all the way. Well, because that was, that was the thing, real quickly. That was the thing, like, about like Elvis. Like, Elvis in the 50s, he's not going to Vegas or going to back to LA during the day. He's going to night because the car can't make it during the day. Yeah. We're not driving to Vegas during the day anymore. Like, back in the day, you're driving to Vegas at night only. Uh, but to answer your question, after a bunch of rails and that was booze. my biggest table game score. Imagine just going to hold on. Just imagine yeah. just going to Vegas. You're 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 Elvis. You gotta you gotta fucking you gotta you're driving with the with the with the top down convertible. It's called and you convertible. got a twelve pack in as your passenger. Yeah, down. But you gotta remember, Elvis also had somebody in the back saying the sure. red ones are for breakfast, sure. the blue ones are for, for dinner time. Sure. Yeah, a lot of help. Yeah, a lot of help. Um, now, as far as my biggest losing session, um, 
it wouldn't be a blackjack because I mean, I, if I go play blackjack, I'm going to spend like maybe three, four hundred bucks. That's yeah, my limit. That's a um, it's recreation. Yeah, although I probably lost five hundred, six hundred bucks a couple times. But if I'm playing poker, I can vividly recall my biggest poker loss. Yes, and it was probably in the. I don't know exact number. I'm probably going to say it was six thousand for a night. Yeesh. But I remember I had all the chips in there. And the hand would have been like 10 or 12 grand. Oh, boy. Because it was PLO. Yeah. And I had the nut flush draw. And I had a top two pair. Mm -hmm. And all the money went in on the flop. Yep. And I remember doing the math. And I was like 65, 68% to win. Yeah. And this guy had an inside straight draw and sucked out on me. Yeah. And it was like a $10,000, $12,000 pot. That's ridiculous. And that, but that's PLO. And that's it why changed, it's such changes, a dangerous. Changed his life forever. Yes, but that's why that game is such a dangerous game because yep. the swings are massive. Yep. So anyway, um, he continues through the Midwest, uh, does some action in Illinois, India, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and um, their network casinos. Uh, they say, or excuse me, he says they're a little le less networked, so they don't talk to each other. Right. So he manages to take down a few scores. Nothing big, though. So then he decides to take a little detour and fly from Chicago to Las Vegas and picks up a couple hundred thousand dollars. And again, this is when you see why was wrong. He flew with 200 grand. Wow. Just stuffed it in his pockets and his yeah. socks. Yeah. Yeah. So then only leave you get caught. Yeah. And then um, you got to remember he had to go back and get money because he went through his bankroll. Yeah. He didn't have that 500 grand on him. Right. He only kept about a hundred grand on the RV. Right. At all times. Right. So because if the RV gets popped. Yeah. You're fucked. Yeah. 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 So you can't get caught with that money. Somebody steals it for God's well, sake. Well, yeah, that too. So anyway, uh, he goes to Joliet, Illinois. Um, and then, you know, does well there. Uh, does well in Chicago and Indiana. And um, uh, then he notices that somebody had a file on him at one of the casinos. They bring him in and they show it to him. Uh -huh. And it's 12 recent photos of him oh. from all from the previous week. Oh, shit. So he's already you. drawn heat to him in this <clears throat> local section he's been yeah, running on. In that sector. Yep. That gambling sector. So we see more uh, security footage. Security comes up to him. They're like, hey, dude, I'm the manager. Um, we need you to come back to the office. And he's like, uh, why? And he's like, we could talk about that in the office. And he's like, nah, just tell me right here in the open, you know, yeah. where all these people are at. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need your ID. And he's like, um, I'm sorry, don't have it. Well, that's a problem. Uh, local law enforcement's on their way and they're going to compel you to produce the ID. Uh, and he's like, um, is that a law? And he's like, uh, no, there's no law. And he's like, yeah. so how are they going to compel? Yeah. <laughs> so what are they going to compel me to do? He's like, well, if you want to debate semantics, we could do that here. Uh, you know, no, no, no semantics. But he's like, or I can just go another route. Um, you're on private federal land and you're not in the state of Michigan. You're not in the United States of America right He's now. He's on some fucking... Uh, He's on sovereign Indian land. Sovereign Indian land, dude. So Part he says, choose your words very carefully, knowing what I just told you. Yeah. 
Well, this blew my mind. I didn't know yeah. about any of this shit. Sovereign Indian land. Yeah. Well, your friend, Armenian Bob Nasarian, yep. says, stepping out of the realm of state-regulated casinos <laughs> that are not Indian-related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Morongo. I know, but I never knew that. Yeah, Morongo's one of the... stupid shit Mor- there. Morongo's 18, even. You can gamble at 18. 18 in life to go. You can't drink, though. Yes. But you can gamble at 18. Well, anyway... The laws are extremely different. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea about sovereign this. Indian land. He says it's as different as deciding if you want to have dinner in downtown Las Vegas or dinner in Liberia. Yep. Well, Nelson <laughs> Rose. Liberia. I did a report on them in yeah. high school. Oh yeah. Uh, on their country. Uh, Nelson Rose says the tribes of the United States are considered domestic nations. Yeah. They have the rights of sovereign governments similar to the states and to some extent even greater than the state. Yeah. They have you hook, line, and seeker and can do whatever they want to you physically mm-hmm. and financially. <laughs> Pretty much. It's a bad place to yep, be. Yep, yep, yep. Other casinos can do that too, but you have civil recourse. Sure. In an Indian casino, the threat of recourse isn't there, so they might feel much more free to do it. Yeah. So open your head with the open the door with your head. Well, Nelson says you have about the same amount of rights that a U.S. citizen would have in Mexico. Okay. You ever been in an Indian reservation jail? No, no, God no. Yeah. <clears throat> so God no. That just blows me away. I mean, like, what are they doing there? I mean, are they allowed to like? Pull the dream catcher out and really fuck with you, <laughs> like hex your ass. Give you the fire water. I mean, they'll do it if they if they think you're cheating and you owe them some money. They'll fucking do it, baby. Well, um, the heat's too high, so they're also in the desert. And and Griffin's onto him at this yeah, point. Yeah, good. So he's like, I got to break trail. Uh, I see what he did there. <laughs> break trail. So uh, he starts heading through northern Michigan and Canada, and um, we see uh, the map that he's going through, and he's just losing money. Yeah, he just keeps losing. Yeah. So after five of these states, he's like, "Screw it! I'm going to go to New York and go to Turning Stone." Um, and then uh, he's also got Connecticut on his eyes. And does some graveyard sessions and is just trying to stay under the radar and book some small wins and get his confidence back. That's his plan. Yeah. So, um, you know, traveling is a huge part of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to remember, you're constantly in motion and that can be difficult. Right. Well, bad news incoming because Casey's RV breaks down. No. Yep. I'd say it wasn't break, broken into. No, but it broke down. Okay. So um, with that, Winnebago, with that, yes, we are going to cut it short. We're going to wrap up next week, give you the end of Inside the Edge. I love it. And then also be digging deep on many players that have been elected to the Blackjack Hall of Fame. I can't wait. So that'll be a fun time. So Dave, if you don't mind, can you tell the listeners why we do this podcast? We do this podcast for porn, <laughs> so we could no, so we can afford so, porn so, and not no. have to watch. We do this podcast for the listeners, and we love it. We love the listeners. We love doing it. Yes, and it's a pleasure for us to bring you the show every week. But we can't do it without what, Dave? Our sponsors. 
And more importantly, our reviews, our support from the listeners. Yes. Sometimes it's not even reviews. The, no, the support. Sometimes it's a just, simple text. It's, it's a text or a DM or uh-huh. a tweet yeah. or a Instagram. Yeah. Instagram us. It all helps, guys. Thank you. We want to keep bringing you the show. Yes. Show us some love, whether it's a yes. comment, whether it's you, like I said, stealing your niece's iPhone because yes. you happen to listen on Spotify and Correct. already left a review on Spotify. Exactly. And just decide to play an episode she on their care. iPhone. She's not going to care. She's a slut. She doesn't <laughs> She's care. A slut. She doesn't care. Anyway, that's it for episode 51. We'll see you next week for episode 52, part two, Inside the Edge, Adventures of a Professional Blackjack Player. That's it. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you on the internet. Bye-bye.